Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, late night, Wednesday, April 1st, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going all right. Looking forward to tonight. Our guest is Caben Thomas. Caben's a good friend of mine, and uh, yeah, he's one of the original chocolate chip dancers. And uh, yeah. he, man, he's just, uh, I, call, I say he's the most interesting man in the world. He's, he's got so many <laughs> things uh, going on all the time, and, and he's just a wonderful guy and, and wonderful story. So looking forward to chatting with him. And of course, we've got Anthony Davis who will be calling in later on tonight, and we'll be talking to him about... Football and sports, whatnot. T Bone's timeout, and of course, Brewski. <laughs> How's your week been, man? Been okay. Yeah. You know, had to just typical busy take the kids here, take the kids there, sort of stuff. Yeah. Nothing too exciting. Nothing to, to write home about. <laughs> How about yourself? Well, yesterday was my oldest son's birthday, so uh, shout out to him. Happy birthday. Uh, and uh, it's been a busy week. It was his birthday, and uh, also this week, my youngest son uh, was named the first inductee into his high school's soccer hall of fame. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, congrats to him too. So uh yeah, it, you know, we got a couple of good things for the for the boys and uh you know, kinda of proud proud of both of them. So yeah, that's cool, good. man. Yeah, so he I said, Who else got in done? He says, just me. <laughs> and I said, All right, well very cool. So uh, it's uh, they just started it this year and he is the original and the first and uh very good. Very good. That's cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Other than that, uh, you know, same old stuff. Got putting some miles in on, on, the, on the bike and, you know, usual stuff, man. Day to yep. day. Got, day to, got, yep. some, got some artwork taken care of and starting some new stuff. I see you've been uh, working, uh, working pretty little consistently, bit. huh? Yeah, you know, keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> That's what it's about. That is what it's about. <laughs> the bottom line. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's get things rolling. Let's play our go to our first break and then come back and bring on our guests. Sounds good. You are listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. This is Mary Schultz, and this is called "The Girl I uh, You Thought You Knew." Back after this. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for 
children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. My name is Ruth Rusi. And this is how I live united. 
I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall. You're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swirl. Let's see if we can get uh, our guest on the line here. Hello. Hello. We'd like to welcome uh, a rather amazing gentleman to the show tonight, a good friend of mine, uh, Kevin Thomas. How you doing, Kevin? What's going on there, Mr. Keith? Mr. Swoop? Doing great, man. Uh, and let me let our listeners know, first of all, that Kevin is, uh, some of the most amazing things about him is, is all the creative things he's done, all the things he's done, and we're going to get into talking about a lot of these things, but uh, he's a veteran uh, of two branches of the service. Uh, he's been a, a college professor. He's an amazing uh, tuba player. He's played in orchestras, and uh, he's a fantastic actor and just an all-around great guy, and I'm so happy you joined us today, Kevin. Man, you, you're entirely too kind. You just have to make sure everybody knows I got fired from every one of those jobs. <laughs> that means you do That means you're doing something right. I keep getting fired from everything, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know, I don't even know where to start. I'll start with, you know, Peter, I admit. Let, let me start. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me, let me start by saying congratulations to you and your fantastic show and your wonderful co-host over there. Hey. Uh, and also congratulations on your boy's birthday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday is my oldest son's birthday. Thank you, man. Thank you. And 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 kicking and kicking butt, getting in the Hall of Fame. Is this, I hear this. That's my youngest man. He's in his high school's uh, Hall of Fame, soccer Hall of Fame. And yeah, yeah, you definitely. Stop that, man. You stop that. Look at that. You got some good jeans in those jeans. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was all with that. No, no, we're, that's a, we're we're happy about that, man. Outstanding, man. Outstanding. How long? How many years? Has your show been going? It's been going for six. Uh, we're in our sixth year now. Hmm. We started. The, the, the thing I remember was when when uh, when we first did our very first pre-chocolate chip dancers thing. <laughs> yes. The thing that that inspired us to do chocolate chip dancers. You were just exploring the idea of putting a show together. Yeah, uh, unbeknownst to my co-host Peter here, uh, we we'd done a lot of different things uh, uh, together. Uh, oh, we owned yeah. a coffee house together. We we did some art shows and and, and put some art programs together, and uh, you know we were kind of in a in a in a, in a, oh, a little hiatus there. And <laughs> and uh, I had done radio in college, and I and I thought I thought I was thinking about doing some more stuff. And uh, our good friend Stevie Mack, who's an outstanding comedian, yes. said uh, yes. he was already doing a show and, and pointing me in the right direction. And then that's that's what started it all. That's the greatest thing, man. That's just the greatest. I, I, I love that. I love that. He, he 
is a person who inspires others to 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 rise up, isn't he? Yes, yes. Isn't that rock? Good man. Yeah, and I say that uh, you know meeting the meeting the two of you uh, was one of the wonderful one of one of the wonderful parts of my life uh, because yeah. uh, two two great guys and I and I tell you what when we were when we were all together I, I never laughed so much in my <laughs> I, you know I ever swear, I I agree with you one hundred percent I I have to tell you though we were doing I can't remember what what the what the music was but. And and I'm sure you people know about the chocolate chip dancers, but here we are, here we are hanging out. I remember one day we were hanging out over at Stevie's house, and we had all, we had just you know finished up doing something crazy. I remember we were all sitting on Stevie's sitting on Stevie's couch. We had our shirts on. <laughs> we were all hanging out, <laughs> and, and I remember you know. I was looking at us, I was like, you know, we're three middle-aged men with our shirts off right now, hanging out. Now, could you please tell me what is wrong with this picture? A whole lot of things are wrong with that picture. But... <laughs> oh, but we had, I it... think that was the next day I checked in the alcohol <laughs> oh god, we we did we had a run. Out of control. Oh my gosh! Yes, oh. let, let's 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 get let's get into these. I'm going to start. You know, I want to start off uh, real quick because uh, you know, as a college professor and and the things you did, and you told you told me some stories about some some of the things there and some of the things you got in trouble for, uh, but. Oh, Peter and I were talking recently, and, and, and we always have, the, we, every once in a while, we, we have these moments of brilliance. We're going to change the world. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're talking about, you know, our, both our boys are in, in high school now, and, and some of the books, yeah. some of the traditional uh, literature that we grew up reading and uh, was required reading is not allowed in the schools because of uh, certain words. Uh, that, you know, they don't want, like, we're talking about Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. my, my um, I'd give you my opinion, and I, and I want your opinion. My opinion is, uh, you know what, uh, first of all, words don't phase me, and when you, especially when you're talking about uh, literature or creative things and you're, and you're, you're painting a picture and you're painting a picture of certain times and certain times certain words were used. Um, and I don't think it's right uh, to, to take these books away from, uh, from the kids and, and, and let them learn uh, these things and, and especially learn from some of the best uh, writers of, of art, you know, of our, you know that, that we've known about. And uh, as, a, as a professor, as an educator, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, one of the things that, that I always felt is that uh, I disagree with you just a little bit, Keith. And what, what my 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 one feeling is that words can hurt. They can be very very painful. However, it doesn't matter. Uh, you have to learn how to deal with those words because the real world throws a lot of stuff at you. And if you sit there and you hide and you say this word is no longer, we're going to ban this word. I'm not going to use that word. I believe that you give power to those words. I believe that you have you have all of a sudden elevated that word to a place where it doesn't need to be. Now, now, also taking it, uh, um, you know, onto the other hand, you mean it, you don't want to just really really banter about. But I do believe that you know banning books like Huck Finn and there's so many. There's a long list. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's it's silly. It's it's ridiculous. Um. I believe that, that books like the Turner Diaries should be read in class, and I believe books like the Bible should be read 
And I believe that, that there's a lot of, you know, remarkable literature in, in all of that. Those are, you know, two very dynamically, you know, uh, different and, and not necessarily opposing, but very different um, uh, books. But I think that there are books that are important. Um, pretty much everything that's on the ban list, I think, should be, uh, <laughs> should be read. S- simply because, you know, college is not supposed to be pablum. And my biggest concern sometimes is that our college uh, experience is becoming narrower and narrower and, and a little bit more geared toward a, a I want to say, a hive mind mentality. You've got to be careful about that. You don't want to keep everything. So it, college is not supposed to be trade school. Trade school is trade school. Right. College is supposed to be a place in which you are really supposed to push some limits and you're supposed to go to the ends of the boundaries, and you're supposed to work very hard at trying to think, teaching these kids how to think out of the box, because they're going to get a chance to spend the rest of their life thinking inside the box, inside the box, to, to obey and to listen to what your boss says and kiss as much ass as you can, man, <laughs> because you want to get some money, you're right? You want, to get the, you want to get the Lexus and you want to get the good home and you want to get to the end of your life and realize that most of your life was meaningless. Well... Congratulations. That's going to happen. But during the college period, during that short period of time, I sort of believe it's a great idea for you to have, you know, some real intellectual danger taking place. You know, push those boundaries. Be creative, you know, and, and, um, and experience things that, quite frankly, you may never get a chance to experience again. And if you're not exposed at that period of time, well, then I think that... That in in a whole lot of ways, if you're not experienced, you don't get a chance to experience it in college. You may never, and, well, and that it's a tragedy. I agree, and and and, and I think we're kind of on the same same page. Uh, I, I I don't have any doubt that words words can hurt. Uh, my 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 point is 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 I don't see I, I don't believe that we need to I don't believe in banning words. Uh, you know what? If right. somebody if somebody wants to use certain words that are, that are that are hurtful and whatever, it, it just lets me know who they are and where they're coming from, and mm-hmm. and you know, and, and I rather have that out front than somebody who's who's smiling in my face and spitting in my coffee in the back room. Oh, uh, you, yes, you know, I. Yes. It's been a huge blessing. Though. Oh, first off, let me real quick uh, just let you know um, uh, that I am in, you know, in Omaha out here. And uh, you right now, as we're speaking, this dangerous line of thunderstorms is, <laughs> is literally right overhead. And I'm still trying to figure out. What is the what is the meaning of of being in the middle of this gigantic thunderstorm as we're talking for the first time in a while on your show? <laughs> so so if all of a sudden I hear the um, uh, sirens, the tornado sirens go off, I'm going to ask for your indulgence. I may just have to hang up quickly and run. For I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> <It> shows a complete <laughs> lack of commitment. <laughs> On your part. Uh, 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 well, he'll just be uh, fired uh, again. Fired from your radio. No, to- totally understandable, yeah, brother. Don't even think twice. <laughs> Move as fast as you can. Safe. <laughs> Windsor, I guess I could do a live 
remote. Winds are coming right now, and I see debris clouds in the air in the windmill. I could probably do some sort of remote broadcast. That actually seems kind of exciting, at least until until you hear dial tone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so well, anyway, I just wanted to give you a heads up concerning uh, that what's going on with that crazy. Absolutely, right? brother. Absolutely, you got to go. You got to go. You let you just could be. You stay safe. That's all that matters. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the interesting things, uh, you know, you you know, you know, you were you were a university professor, and and then you went through some changes, and and you decided uh, you'd. You love acting, and you'd been done. You'd done acting. You'd, you'd been on stages, and, and and you studied and stuff. And you said, "This is uh, I'm 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 going for it." And you you packed up your car and, and headed to Beverly, man. Uh, t- tell us about that. What that decision? How that went down, man? Well, you, you, the way you explain it is so much nicer. I don't want to go with that story. <laughs> but, you know, what got me to, I mean, everything, I've always been a big believer that everything kind of happens. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not too positive anymore if everything happens for a reason, but I think things happen uh, to help us sort of learn about ourselves. So I guess maybe everything does happen for a reason. Um, one of the things that happened that got me to Los Angeles and got me to meet you, got me to do chocolate chip dancers, got me on television, was the fact that I got fired from the university. And I got fired from the university because I was considered to be just too out there as a as a teacher. You know, I can, I, first off, <clears throat> I sort of take it a little bit as a point of pride to be fired from uh, uh, the state of Arkansas. Because, you know, you really have to screw up to get fired from a state like Arkansas, okay? And, and um, I, I it's, a very, it's a relatively conservative state. And, and to, to teach uh, the way I taught there, and I really was. I was a very edgy teacher. You know, I would show winchings in my class, and I talked about music of protest. I would, I would, gee whiz, man, I would have them do these crazy group projects where they, they had to dance on stage to the music uh, classical pieces of music that I assigned them. And, um, oh, geez, there was just so many things that, you know, when I talked about uh, uh, sacred music and sacred sounds, you know, I would, I would include the sound of an orgasm because that itself was a, a beautiful type of music and attached to a very sacred sound, you know, oh, the sound, you know. And, and you know, it was about the sounds. It was about music was about Sound, and it was about putting those sounds together, sound and silence. And, and I did whatever I could to sort of grab those students' attention and get them riveted about how much music is part of our lives and our lives are symphonies and that, you know, classical music is, a, is, is not just for old 70-year-old white people. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, uh, with it, it was it, it helped uh, uh, generate lots of branches of music that exist to this day, including classical music of state. So, so I did whatever I could. The problem was I I ended up uh, getting angry. Uh, some influential uh, students who had high, they, they were very well connected, and the, those people went and complained to literally to the top levels, um, you know, in the state, and that. Uh, is what got me uh, terminated at the University of Arkansas. Now, that coupled with my ex-wife asking for a divorce literally two months after that, those were the two things that gave me the impetus to leave. I, I literally couldn't stay. I couldn't find a job in Fayetteville um, because I was kind of considered the radioactive 
you know, person. Nobody really wanted to, to hire me. So I had to make a, a choice, and that was I've always had the dream to perform. I've always loved performing. I've always loved acting. So this was it. Instead of having a midlife crisis where, you know, uh, I would get a trophy wife and a Porsche, since I didn't have money for either one of those things, <laughs> I, I, decided, I decided to move to the West Coast and go to Los Angeles. And I moved there in October 2006, lived in my car for several months, lived in seedy, terrible, um, you know, uh, literally bedbug-infested places. Uh, again, like I said, I lived in my car for a few months. But through all of that, and really I think of that as being some of the darkest times of my life, it was also fascinatingly some of the most incredible times. And I'm wondering, does that happen with with very many people? Um, I think it maybe happens more than you think. During some of the darkest times in your life, you also have some of the most amazing times. Right. Uh, one of the amazing uh, time events that happened to me was getting a chance to meet you and Stevie to do uh, some chocolate chip dancers. One of the things that I really got a chance that I loved when I came out there was to work at the Los Angeles Music Center and, and, and usher 200 performances of the L.A. Philharmonic over at the Almondson Theater, over at the Mark Day Perform, which to see performing at that sort of level, you know, it, that doesn't happen where I was. Right. And so to see that level, man, to, to hear the... The the, the, the the creativity, the passion, the flawlessness of some of these performers and and to realize to be in a city like you know, I am so envious still of you living where you're living because pound for pound the amount of talent that exists in Southern California compared to the rest of the world is untouchable and I'm including New York. Nothing compared to the talent that exists in Southern California, even the terrible actors are pretty decent, you know? And, and so, so uh, it's just a remarkable place. And it's so easy to forget that if you don't get a chance to leave there right. and, and, and realize what you're in the middle of. Plus, you've got an ocean. You suck. <laughs> you know? And so so you so you know, you've got that and you got a mountain if you want to go to a mountain, you know, and check that out too. So there was just it was it was one of the great experiences of my life to get out there and experience the things that I had a chance to experience. And then if I wasn't out there, I wouldn't have gotten to Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, the right. game show host. If that didn't happen, I I may not have found Mary Bort, who is the most important woman you know, of my life, uh, besides my beautiful daughter, Olivia, uh, this, this woman, Mary Bort, who's come into my life, someone who I've loved for all these years, is back into my life. And all of that, literally, uh, those blessings came through such a horrible experience of being fired, still to this day, I felt unjustly, but fired nonetheless from the University of Arkansas. So lots of good came from that. Well, you know, what's really interesting, Kevin, and, and, and what's really amazing is, is you know, I, I, I hear people say things about, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. And, and, I, and, I, and I, always, I always think of you, Kevin. I mean, you're so well-educated. Uh, you're so talented. 
Um, and, and yet... Uh, are, you, are you trying to get me into bed, Keith? Are you, are you trying to get me into bed? Because I already said to you, I'm engaged. Like, man. No more of that. We're not doing any more of that. I don't want to No more. Keep, keep your shirt tied. Uh, you know, but you, I, I've watched you, man. I watch you, and 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 you, you, you do what has to be done, man. And you talked about it. You, I mean, even when we, you know, when we were hanging and doing things together, you would say, you know, listen, I, I'm, I'm over here. I'm doing this job, and and and. And running my auditions, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, you know, and I got, I, I, I booked the thing here, but then I got to go back and, and uh, you know, show an apartment or, or sleep in my car or whatever. I mean, it's you know, a lot of times people think they're too good to 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 really do the things they have to do, or, or and, and it get or they're in a situation where they're really struggling, but they they really don't want to face that fact. Well, I, I, you know, and again, I guess. I'm going to have to, I'm in the process of, of putting together a book of these, you know, these Grateful Journal articles that I've been writing on Facebook. And, and one of the things that I appreciate looking back at some of these Grateful Journal articles that I wrote was just how difficult those times were. Um, I, I, you know, in, in, I did not have the, 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 the luxury to just sort of rest on a savings account or a trust fund, man. Yeah. And, and uh, I, was, I was there, and I had to do what I needed to do to uh, survive on my own, to make rent, and to also make sure that I got child support you know, into my uh, ex-wife and to the kids because that was a responsibility that I, that I had to um, you know, uh, stand behind. So you, you do what you have to do, and, and really, in truth, you know, we're all here to help each other. And I, I do understand, and, and I, in some ways I guess I'm grateful uh, that I had a chance to do such humble positions, not only there, but here as well. I mean, I'm a custodian here. I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm just doing my thing. And, and sometimes you, you have to do what you have to do, but there's a lot of beauty in humble. There's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of incredible in that. And I, and I kind of wish... <laughs> that everybody could work a humble job, especially those people. You know, what was that show, Undercover Boss? Yeah. I wish that, I wish that everybody could do an Undercover Boss for, for you know, six months or, or for, you know, a year uh, to experience it because I, I think that it's important uh, to, to, to understand that we're all in it together. You might look down your nose at a custodian, uh, but that custodian cleans your crap. <laughs> I mean, they, they make sure that the streets are decent. Right. They they make sure that the dog poo is taken off of off of the lawns. They make sure that the glasses shine. And you might consider it to be a a low skill or no skill kind of job, but you know what? You try it. It's not. There's there's a lot of work that goes into being able to do the job well. And so, uh, learning a little bit of humility, you know, was was important because when I was a professor, I actually thought I was better than these people. I actually did. I got I to gotta confess to you. I did. And, and I'm not. None of us are. Right. None of us are. We're all in this together, man. We're all in this to help each other. We're all in this because, because before you know it, man, we're dead. We're, for, we're dust. We're just a memory that sits in, in our progeny, right? So, so we're all just we're all just passing the parcel, right? We're all just grabbing that, that parcel, that parcel that we have in our hands. It's not for us. 
You know, it's not for me and it's not for you. It's for down the road. So you grab it, you hold on to it, and you pass it on. You pass it on. And that is from the janitor to the CEO to the president to the dentist to the mechanic to the radio show, talk show, Internet host called Swoop. We're all here to be, we're all here to be helping each other out. And so I've, I, in, so, in so many ways, my life is so blessed to have the job that I have right here, and I can't thank my boss enough for for her being open-minded and allowing me to have the job, you know, because I, I certainly, um, and, to, and to put up with my craziness, because you know I'm crazy, and everybody <laughs> listening to me now knows I'm crazy, I'm cray-cray, cray-cray. <laughs> and, and so, you know, with, with all of that, you know, to, uh, to be allowed to do this job the way I do it and to... Um, uh, to just be able to, I don't know, man, enjoy, uh, enjoy it as it comes. It has been a true blessing because really the most important thing that's been happening for me is that I'm with the woman that I love. Yeah. And my life is better as a janitor being with the woman that I love than anything, just by anything that I've done, you know, uh, before that. Well, so, so, uh, that's how it goes. You, um, there's so many, you know. He, I know you. I know you've created uh, shows. You had the, the Symphony Sam and stuff like that. But and and and, and uh, so you, you you continue to to be creative. But one of the things I really do enjoy and and, and really do uh, I find uh, amazing. You you do post quite a few things on Facebook, but a lot of things you post on Facebook require people to think. Uh, you'll ask a question about something. You want both sides. You ask for you know opinions for both sides. Uh, a lot of times the discourse is fairly fairly civil. Uh, you know, I, and 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 I and that's what I like. I you know Peter and I we, we talk about this a lot of times. You know, there's a lot of topics we don't touch on our show because uh, we find it. You know, people people people. One thing that upsets people all the time is politics and religion. So unless we have unless we have a guest that has something very specific and uh, you know whatever we we have interviewed politicians and whatnot, but we don't have that kind of discourse uh, that in that in that way and and you and you I think you welcome it and I like I like the way you uh, you pose uh, a, a lot of times uh, your uh, your questions you know you say hey you know I don't I personally don't agree with this but I want your thoughts you know good and bad and 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 I like that and I think that's we need more of that in society if we're going to move forward as a society Yeah well I I agree with you 100% and I think it's important for me to um to post the questions and allow people to, to you know, um, to, to, to state how they feel. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I'm I'm slightly to the left of Ferdinand the Bull. <laughs> I mean, I'm seriously, I'm seriously on the left hand side of the aisle. But I also know, being on the left hand side of the aisle, it's incredibly important uh, to listen. I mean, that's what I believe a good liberal is supposed to do. We are supposed to fight very hard using our intelligence to try to understand. I'm also a Unitarian, so I mean, gee whiz, man, one, two, three strikes and you're out. You know, I'm, I'm about as normal as a football bat when it comes to that sort of business. <laughs> and I think that, you know, the, the bottom line, though, is uh, intellect uh, and respect and compassion are the things that, you know, will, will be the answer to one of the greatest uh, economic, social, and governmental experiments ever created in this world, and that's the United States. It, it, it's going to be done through, through some fairly passionate discourse from pulling 
from the right, pulling from the left, screaming and shouting, but, but also having to take that time to listen, uh, to listen to the other person's opinion. I was just, I, you know what? The reason why I write the things that I do on Facebook, and sometimes Mary gets mad at me, you know, like, what are you doing writing about this? They don't know where you stand. They don't understand that you're looking. That's exactly right. Thank God for that. Um, uh, let, let's hear what these, let's hear what people are saying. Let's see what, and let's see if I can sometimes moderate. And sometimes I don't do a good job of moderating. And, you know, I'm on to the next thing. I'm kind of like a hit and run topic kind of guy. I throw it out there. But, you know, then the, then the conversation just gets crazy, right? And so, so then I have to go back in and sort of delete a few comments and using the F bomb, the N bomb, the, you know, the whatever bomb that they can possibly come up with. And so that, now we're off track when that, when that occurs. So the idea is to try to facilitate facilitate and encourage dialogue and discussion because that's how we're going to learn and that's probably how we're going to get past on it that's the reason why i like writing about race so much i like bringing up race so much there was a great conversation actually on i see facebook as my ministry yeah uh, mary said that to me and i appreciate very much her telling me that's my ministry man i don't have a radio show i don't have the courage that you have to put a radio show on you know every week uh, to, to, to bring people in. I, maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. But, but with Facebook, it's my ministry. I don't want to become a reverend or any business like that, so I see this as the closest thing to church that, you know, uh, uh, being a minister at church uh, that, that I can have. So I like posting those questions about race. One of the questions that I asked on Facebook yesterday is, you know, with this uh, decision that's going on, the, the bill that was signed in Indiana and now uh, one that's going through Arkansas legislature, the whole idea of, uh, you know, uh, do you have the right? Do you have the right to discriminate? Do you have the right to go over into Simi Valley swoop and want to buy a donut and have that guy say, look, I don't like blacks. You know, I don't. I don't want to serve you because of the color of your skin. And, and, and a part of me knows that is in, from, my, from, a, from a, a visceral point of view. I know that that is wrong. It's grotesquely wrong. Right. It's going backwards. However, let's hear what other people have to say. And let's hear why they're saying it. Well, and, and, and Facebook is a wonderful forum in which to, to allow that because you kind of have to write what you're thinking and people kind of have to read what you put down and then you're going to respond accordingly. Here's my, here's my opinion on, on all that stuff, Gavin. And my opinion is, is, is um, first Shut of all, up, I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> my opinion is the most important thing. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's, 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 I have, uh, it's a two-parter. First, first problem I have a lot of times, and this is a lot of times I don't, Get involved in a lot of political discussions because I have seen. Uh, let's let's well, let's use the sides of the aisles. I'll see somebody from one side of the aisle. Uh, their guy is you know proposing whatever, and they 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 they, 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 they run the government th this four years. The other side of the aisle says that sucks. We're never going to go for it. it. You know it's horrible, bad idea. Four years later, your side of the aisle takes over. 
and your guy proposes pretty much the same thing, and it's the greatest thing in the world, and now the other side says it sucks. And see, to right. me, that's what's, that's what's total bullshit about a lot of, a lot of the politics, and that's why uh, I have a problem with a lot of those things. And, and, and you know, uh, when it comes to things like that, and people, people can discuss it, and, and, and my thing is, is be genuine, don't be disingenuous, and when you, when you say your guy is, is this awesome guy and the other guy sucks, and your guy is proposing the same thing the other guy did, I, I tune you out, and that's, the, that's why a lot of times uh, when you have the extremes, now if you have people, like, like you said, you want, to, you want to create a dialogue, let people uh, have those discussions, you want to moderate it and kick out the, the idiots, and, and let people have a good open discussion i'm all for that why well, and and uh and and i appreciate that and and if somebody yes there are things about um uh for instance there are things about uh our current president president obama that that i completely disagree with um uh there were things about president bush that i disagreed with more than actually the things that I disagreed with President concerning President Obama, but I but I didn't call President Obama a douchebag. I don't think it was or, or or President Bush. You know what I'm saying? Right. That I I worked very hard to tr to uh, do the best that I could in terms of respecting the office of the presidency, and and also working very hard to see the the things that do that did make sense. And that when, for instance, with President Bush, when that when the the gentleman threw the shoe at him, uh, I I was up in arms because even though I didn't vote for this man, this man was my president, President Bush. When he got those shoes thrown at him, I can't remember who it was. I think he was in Iraq. Yeah. And so so um, you know things like that. Um, bottom line is sometimes you really have to work hard uh, to to take the cotton out of your ears, as we say in Alcoholics Anonymous, and put them in your mouth and just listen and work hard and listen. And, and sometimes, like, for instance, I had a chance to uh, see the Arkansas Supreme Court uh, in, in session because one of my friends was sitting on the Supreme Court, sitting on the Supreme Court Justice. And the thing that I appreciated was... Here are these two lawyers bloviating, talking about their positions and all oh, tyranny. I remember it was some sort of court reform that was that was being uh, contested. And I asked David, I go, what? How do you deal with uh, um, matter from art? You know, how do you deal with uh, just the facts? And he goes, Well, you have to parse out the bloviation. You have to get rid of all the theatricals and all the name calling and all the other stupid things. And you have to just listen. You have to sift and winnow for the facts. Right. The facts. What is important? What's going on? And the same thing as you were saying, you know, when, when you have uh, the person who says, uh, you know, two presidents, they are proposing uh, very similar measures. One's a conservative, one's a liberal, like what President Clinton was able to do over and over and over again, right? And, and so you're thinking, you know, you just hate him because he is, a, he's got a D next to his name. You hate him because he's got our next one name. Well, you're, yeah, I, 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 but listen, you know, listen. Don't just don't just dismiss because this person uh, is who they are. And 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 what I try to do is I try to get my most conservative people on Facebook, the ones who are the most conservative, 
And some of the stuff that they say, which is really horrible, I mean, it's, it's over the line. But I try to bring reason to them to maybe get that to, well, first off, two things, to, to learn how to argue against that. Right. And sometimes it's mission impossible. And then maybe just maybe insert a, a grain of common ground that can help them, you know, see my point of view better. And maybe for me to see their point of view, whether agree or not, but to actually see it, to listen to it, to hear it and to digest it. And, and so it, 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 that is what is going to make our country flourish in these next, you know, the next hundred years. I, I got to be honest with you, man. I've never been more optimistic about the future of our country than I have been right now. And, and people are like, oh, I can't believe you're going to say that because we're so polarized. No, we are in a very difficult time but we need to be there because that's how we're going to get past it. Well, yeah. We have to be in the middle of the crap. We're in the middle of the shitstorm, man. <laughs> so, so let's, so let's, so you know, so let's let's get let's push past it. Let's push, let's push through it. It's going to get better. It's you know, it's the, I think we're at the very dark period of our 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 country's history. I think uh, um, uh, uh, Colin Powell, General Powell, said, you know, this very dark vein running around. And it's not only in the Republican Party, it's, it's in the Democratic Party. Well, There's a universal kind of hatred that exists in the, in the Republican Party against the Democrats, but there's also a universal contempt and dismissiveness that exists in the Democratic Party towards the, towards the Republicans. Well, and here's my, here's my issue with all of that. The, the problem is, the problem is, is, is no one, it, it, it appears to me, no one is trying to sit down, have a discussion, and come to agreements and things. It's, it's you believe 100% the what I believe or not at all, and I don't believe anything about what you believe, and so we can't come to a thing. I don't know when we came to this point in our, in, our, in our society where everybody has to believe exactly the same thing all the time. I think the Nazis tried to pull that off. I, I, don't, think, I don't think that works, man. I think, I think everybody... <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yeah. You are correct, and 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 it is. And and here's here's what gives me hope, uh, brother Swoop. What gives me hope is that our shows that are like yours, where people are going to uh, be able to have dialogue and state their opinion and their position, and people will get a chance to listen, like what what's happening right now. Um, there needs to be more shows like this because it starts first with a conversation and it starts first with, with uh, people being able to air out their, uh, you know, their grievances, their, their concerns, because <clears throat> I think a lot of it is based on fear. You know, I just yeah. think so much of it is based on fear. We don't have enough. We're going to lose what we have. Oh, the, the sky is falling. It's all coming to an end. When, when in actuality, if you realize that we're all in this together, we're all inhabiting this, this, this little, this, 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 earth of ours and we have such a finite amount of time on this earth why are we doing some of the bullshit that we're doing it's crazy it's crazy yeah. it's a crazy planet when you start thinking about lack and limitation and and you know oh they're going to take our guns they're going to take our this they're going to remove our that death panels and you know oh my god peanut butter will be next we're going to we're all going to have to just eat peanut butter and wear yellow underwear outside of our pants you know what i mean it's just it's insane right i mean we start thinking really crazy insane thoughts and we just we must dialogue we you know we need to dialogue we need to sit 
and we need to uh, 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 listen. We need to think, and we need to listen, uh, and we need to hear the other side. Right. We need to hear the person say, I don't want to serve uh, Swoop because he's black. Why don't you want to serve Swoop because he's black? Yeah, come on, articulate. Use your words. What do we say to <laughs> you and them? Use your words. Use your words, use exactly. Your words. I don't want to use stuff. I'm sorry. You've got to use your words. you got to use your words. Okay, and, and, and that's where you have to go. I, I was just talking with Mary about this, man. The one thing that makes me insane are libertarians. They make me cringe because I find it to be such a soulless economic philosophy. It's the most soulless, Right. So I have my bias. So anyone who comes in and they, they spout the libertarian Ayn Rand, you know, orgasm when they start thinking about Atlas Shrugged. Oh, Atlas Shrugged, I, I'm, I'm having an orgasm, right? That sort of business makes me a little bit on the insane side. But I have to get over my bias, and I have to listen, because there's some reason that it is bothering me right. besides the fact uh, that you know my initial my initial problem. Maybe I'm afraid of it, and so I have been working really hard to try to understand that libertarian philosophy. But I I I and it's a struggle. But I'm going to continue to struggle because I know I'm smart. I as smart. <laughs> I as a smart man. I'm a smart Negro. Smart Negro. And so I'm going to figure this shit out. And, and, uh, but it's going to only come with my listening to what these people have to say, my doing my own research, my, you know, uh, checking out the objectivist, you know, uh, philosophy that's out there and trying to, uh, understand where these people are coming from. That's the only way I'm going to be able to get past it. Yeah. Well, Kevin, okay, real quick, uh, you know, there's, we try to cover a lot tonight, and and and, and I and I've kind of controlled the whole thing. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't yet talked about? Oh, jeez! I know you man. just came off. You just came off a play. You got. You can get anything coming up. Uh, I know you. Well, one of the. I'll tell you one of the things that's nice is when I got done doing my game show in the Middle East. You know, I I had such a wonderful time being out there and experiencing the different cultures that I that I had a chance to do. I I can't tell you and the people who are listening to this show enough. You got to get out of the country. You've got to get out of the country, and I don't mean go for a two-week thing in Antigua and come back. <laughs> I'm not talking about going to a resort hotel that is just another American installation. Get out and see how America is seen from other eyes. You know, there are people who love this country, can't wait to get to this country because it's so awesome. There are people, though, who are just fine where they are. So many people feel that, that uh, America is the indispensable beacon of light to the world. Well, out of 7 billion people, can I share with you about 6 billion, you know, five, 6 billion, 500 million don't necessarily agree. <laughs> about 6 billion, 500 million people are pretty damn happy with where they're living yeah. and what they're doing and that they just want to love and breathe the same air and have it not be polluted and drink the water and not puke from it and not glow with radiation from some sort of cesspool of something that has been dumped in. Get out of the country for a while. Not for two weeks, but for, you know, two months. Go and experience. And, and if you don't have the money to do it, 
I don't know, figure it out. But, you know, the bottom line is uh, uh, it, 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 it's an eye-opening experience, and it helps you to love this country, but it also helps you to place in perspective that we're one of many nations all trying to do better for our kids, all tr- worried about the exact same things that we're worried about, all wanting to have a better future, you know, and, it, and I think it just helps all of us. Uh, to get a chance to to not be here for a while. The right. greatest blessing in my life was having a chance to do uh, what what I had a chance to do. And I've been out of the country a couple of times now, a few times. Uh, and it and it is always one of the greatest experiences in my life. I love my country that much more when I'm away from it. Right. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to get away from the person that chill off. <laughs> it's really how much you love them in this. So, uh, except for Mary, I never want to, I never want to be out of her sight ever again. But the, uh, you know what I'm saying? So that's the one thing I would like to, to share with you. I'm, tr- I'm going to be, the other thing is I'm going to be doing a book. I'm writing a book. I'm hoping that for that thing to be done, uh, here in 2015. So I hope your people will, uh, I hope we stay in touch. Absolutely, and that uh, when we get this thing done, that you can, you can, uh, I can, I can come back on and sort of share it with you. It's just going to be those grateful journal entries that I did off of Facebook, and then some observations on how life works. And I mean, it's, it, this life is supposed to be lived with great gratefulness, and if we don't, then I, I think that there's, I, I think we need to rethink where we're at because really, you know, every breath that we take in is a pretty. Uh, it's a pretty amazing thing that we're still alive and that we can still uh, schlep this pebble that so many people have walked on uh, before us and so many people will walk on after us. It's a pretty special time right now. Absolutely. Last question, Cabin, and you talked about your Grateful Journal. Uh, you know, a lot of people go through, go through times and, and they have to make a decision. Uh, I know you've been a friend of Bill W. for four years. Uh, how has That's that changed true. your life? Oh, man, and that's another good reason that I came out there. You know, I mean, she lives. You know, actually, you and Stevie probably saw me at the very worst. I remember the one time we had to do, we met at some restaurant. I can't right, remember. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember you that. And I came, did you see, you remember how screwed up I was? I, yeah, I remember you. That was, the, that, was that the day you went or the day after that? I know you and Stevie. It was just about the day before I ended up going back. Yeah. It was like we had just like won. I think we were doing the the, the, the competition. We met. We like met. That. We met with a guy who wanted to do some stuff with us. Uh, That's right. At that restaurant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was sitting there with the shakes and all sweating, and I was just a. I was in such a mess, and I was like, "Man, this is this. I can't keep living like this." You know, that was 2010, and I remember very shortly after that, I checked in at Chandler Lodge in North Hollywood uh, the day before uh, Thanksgiving. Actually, I I checked in there because I just needed to have a a break from myself, and it was the greatest uh, experience. Uh, for me in my life to stop drinking as of Thanksgiving Day was my first day sober. Thanksgiving Day 2010, and I haven't had a drink since. Mm. And it has been uh, the best thing for me simply because uh, I was drinking, trying to drink away pain yeah. and drink away fear and drink away, you know, uh, self-loathing and self-hatred. Uh, but and, and that has been so good for me. To uh, to not have that uh, in my life now. 
I will tell you, though, Mary has told me on more than one occasion, she goes, I'm so glad that you're not an alcoholic anymore, but you are still an asshole, <laughs> and you need to work on that. And so, and no, Mary calls me out, man. Mary keeps, she, she keeps me honest. She keeps, she, <laughs> like, hey, one day at a time, brother, one day at a time. <laughs> so I'm working to get my head on my ass as best I can, and, and one thing for sure is not drinking has been a huge help. Uh, for me, I admire those people who can handle their alcohol. I cannot, and and I, it's just for me. It has been the best thing that has happened to me in my life. Well, beyond that. Brother, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, real quick uh, before we wrap it completely, you posted a, a, a letter. Uh, I, I don't know where I. I think you posted it that you wrote to your kids uh, about life, and it was one of the most amazing, wonderful, touching letters I've ever read. And oh, man. if you have an opportunity to repost that, so people who haven't seen it can see it. Uh, it it's and, and you know you talk about so many different things, and then. It's you know it brought tears to my eyes and and you know any any parent uh, you know thinks the same thoughts and doesn't have the uh, might not have the ability to put it into words the way you did and uh, I think it's a it's a wonderful wonderful uh, testament to who you are and uh, how much you love your kids and oh thank you so it's great times man I appreciate it brother I appreciate I appreciate that kindness what a what a nice way to bring this to a close out. I'll look it up and I'll I'll repost it in your honor and also to remind my kids that I'm you know I love them they are they are the they're they're my my sun and my moon so it's it's important absolutely Kevin it's 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 a pleasure it's been far too long to talk but uh, uh, it was a wonderful opportunity to talk to you you stay safe out there with all the with the weather changes you got there but thank you so yeah. much for joining us here on yeah. Swimsboro man. Thank you, man. And I'm still alive right now. The tornado hasn't arrived yet, so we're good. All right, so, brother. So we'll now we'll now get into our concrete bunker and and uh, we'll sign off. But hey, God bless you guys. Thank you for what you do and keep on kicking ass. All right. Thank you, man. You have a great one. Take it. All right. We'll talk to you later, man. All right, buddy. Good. Good night. Bye. Kevin Thomas, everybody, and uh, you're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. Getting close to, uh, we were talking about AA, but it's getting close to our brisky time. Uh, and so uh, we're going to take a quick break, listen to Channel 3. This is Manzanar, and we'll be back after this. This uh, next song, we're the very first songs we wrote howdy, together. Howdy. Me and Kim. That's what you We wrote the music. I based the lyrics on uh, my family's experiences in World War II. Relocation camp called Manzanar. Oh! 
eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to our world today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. This is Raspin Stewart. You're listening to Swoop's World. We started out so innocently. We learned to take what we need. Forgive us for our greed. Let's dance. We smoke the hookah and dance. It's time for Brewski's, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops World Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewski's, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Well, happy Wednesday. Welcome to the most important part of the show. I've been looking up for you. The part where we... There's nothing on here. You have to, because i got nothing here. Uh, The part where we drink beer, officially. Not like the rest of the part where we drink it unofficially. <laughs> Tonight we're drinking Craft Artisan Ales. We're drinking their Nebulous Imperial IPA. I kind of like the name of this. It's Galaxy Hopped. Galaxy is a kind of uh, hops. And uh, it's got 80 IBUs, which is, you know, on the high side. And 8.5% alcohol. I'm having computer problems. So Soup here is looking things up as to uh, what and the where and the why for. Uh, these guys are out of San Jose, California. If you go to craftartisanales.com, yeah, so I'm there. I'm just trying to find <laughs> trying to find their beers. This tells me where where I can buy and enjoy it, but I'm trying to find their list of beers so we can. Uh, so we want to we want to uh, talk about your beer. Uh, that's what I clicked on the first time. Yeah, now we, we got our beers. We want to pimp your beer to the world. Uh, yeah, they, they, they're it's not. Uh, that's it. Not intuitive. Must we're gonna get that. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Nebulous. Imperial IPA, he doesn't tell you a whole lot about it. Maybe you can click on it. Nope, it just says, Nebulous Imperial IPA is a true double IPA with a strong malt and hop balance. Dry hopped with Citra, Simcoe, and Australian Galaxy Hops. Mm. 8.5% ABV, 80 IBUs. So there you go. So not much more information than I gleaned from, from the, the bottle, bottle <laughs> from the label. So, uh, Interesting. You know, here's what we'll, we'll see. So we're, we're pouring now. We're getting a little behind because of these computer error trouble problem things going on here. So, so uh, I always love, you know, there's cool. a, I like the outer space. My, my, yeah. Blake Shelton's got a great song. And, uh, boys around here drinking ice cold beers is one of the lines. <laughs> and I just love it. We ready, man? Salud. Salud. Mm. Over the keyboard. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're in. Success. 
T-Bone, I think you're up this week. Well, Holy cold. shit, that's cold. Yeah, it is. Nice. <laughs> Woo, cold. That's the coldest beer I've had in a long time. It's usually not in the freezer long enough for us to let it get that I think that the the frigid temperature is probably holding this thing back just a little bit because I suspect you're right. Because you're eight, right, sir. Eighty IBUs and eight and a half percent alcohol is not coming across the tongue right now, nor the nose. Um, but it's you know it's definitely more than serviceable right now. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what happens as it comes to temperature a little bit as it opens up for sure. Peter, my turn. Yeah, well, I'm, um, I'm multitasking. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely a. Um, we're not, I don't. It is colder. It's colder than you would normally serve this type of this style of beer. This is like lager temperatures, and this is a nail, so it should be a bit warmer. Uh, and so we're probably not getting the full effect. But that being said, I'm definitely getting some tinglies from the. Uh, the IBUs at the, at the Some end. warm and fuzzies. Yeah, and um, it's a nice, clean flavor, so far as I can tell. Uh, we'll have to see how, the, how this opens up, but uh, it's looking like a good beer. Anybody familiar with this brewery? I've never, I've never heard of it. No, personally. I'm not, not familiar with the brewery. This is amazing. Though. I think there's like a brewery opening up every week They're in popping California, it's, man. Cause it's really just, in, just in California. They're I mean, popping up the, like weed shops. Yeah. <laughs> forget about the whole rest of the country. Just in California. I mean, it seems like we taste a different brewery that nobody's heard of. And we're all pretty beer educated. Yeah. You know? So, At least I thought it was. <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, anyway. around a little bit. Craft yeah. Artisan Ales. They're up in San Jose. What are your thoughts there? Swoop. You. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's a it's a clean beer. It's uh, but it, uh, like we said, uh, and like Tivon said, it's probably a little bit too cold right now for what it, what it, you know what it, it to be served. At the temperature should be served at, but it's it's good. It's a good tasting beer. It's very clean. Um, I don't. It's not as hoppy as a lot of the uh, IPAs we're used to. Right. right. I mean, in, in my opinion, but I, I, I like it. Well, and I'm 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 using uh, Soup's computer here. Uh, it looks like these guys, like, pretty much all they do is IPAs. They've yeah. got, like, four Ricketts different kinds. they got Ricketts Lab. Let's see, let's see what they got here. Yeah, and then they There's got a lager. lager. Old Monterey Ale, California Lager, Ricketts Lab, IPA, Nebulous Imperial IPA. Andromeda IPA. Andromeda IPA. So uh, that's, that seems to be their their wheelhouse, at least right now. So uh, that could be that could become one of our new favorite breweries because we, we are big fans of the IPA. So uh, here's what it says about we'll go to their our story page. Uh, it's your you want to you want to do the honors or should I? No, no, go ahead, man. You're on it. Uh, it says Craft Artisan Ales was a project that developed out of love and respect for good local craft beer, especially IPAs. With a passion for home brewing and utilizing finest ingredients in the industry, founder David Olson decided to brew up a business with Craft Artisan Ales, a small batch brewery with a focus on inventive styles and, most importantly, IPAs. In 2010, he delved into home brewing as a longtime connoisseur, first-level sommelier, and certified beer server. As with many things in his life, he took his passion for brewing to the extreme. After reading over 15 books on home brewing and attending classes at UC Davis Extension, he experimented with a myriad, a myriad of hop and grain combinations to create a flagship IPA. This today is the Ricketts Lab IPA and the Nebulous Imperial IPA. With the same pursuit of perfection, he has developed recipes for a myriad... Uh, 
like that word. Yes, of other signature brews that you can find both seasonally and annually. We hope to see you at our next event. Until then, don't forget to craft your own experience. Sounds like... uh, Sounds like Peter. <laughs> <laughs> he started home brewing, read a bunch of books, took a little extension class, and boom, got a ride. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think Peter would have used the same word as many times, but other than that. <laughs> he might have used the word myriad a myriad of times. <laughs> Actually, I suppose myriad times. Exactly. Timo. Hey, guys. Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best. Uh, eight. Peter, feeling generous tonight. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the, a seven and a half. I'm uh, spot on with you, seven and a half, and uh, seven, seven, seven and two thirds. Two thirds, yeah, exactly. Peter, what are we eating with this, man? Um, this is this is you know it, it's a hoppy beer, but it's not extreme hoppiness. So this could go with a lot of things. Um, it's not like any other Imperial IPA we've had though. Most Imperial IPAs we have have a kind of a more fuerte. Yeah, it's got more. Yeah. Well, it's, they tend to, the Imperial IPAs tend to, they tend to make sure there's quite a bit of uh, maltiness mm-hmm. that this one doesn't quite have. I mean, it has maltiness, but yeah. it's not that big, like the Maharaja is an Imperial IPA, which is one we, we talk to about uh, often, and that's got a ton of malt and hop. This one's uh, more in the hoppy, it's, it's a very well balanced. I like it. Uh, and it, from a food point of view, allows you a, a lot of versatility. This this is, can go with a whole range of foods. It's not like some of the big, big hoppy ones where we're like, you could only do this with, you know, a big old prime rib or, or something like that. This could probably handle a whole range of stuff. Um, it, from, like, the very casual burgers or carne asada to, to the, uh, much more, uh, you know, interesting type of stuff you could do with... Uh, Chicken, you know, more more than just like plain. You got to do something, a little bit of flavor with that. But right. uh, you know, like a jerk chicken salad. This is this would probably go with that. Uh, you could do. Uh, you might even be able to pull off some fish with this. To, uh, you know, some, yeah, I can see some you know, fish steak with fish, swordfish, ahi with like some uh, blackening seasonings or something like that. Something a little bit of zingy. This will uh, this will put out those fires if 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 you know you want to go that route. So uh, flavorful. Think flavorful. But not necessarily, it doesn't have to be huge flavors. And this will go nicely. I like that, man. Uh, what, you you, you in, in agreement there, man? I'm not going to contradict <laughs> the culinary artiste. <laughs> just making sure, man. Maybe we're on the same page. Cause really, I just gave the stall away multitasker. <laughs> Very, very, very well there, man. That was, so that's the Nebulous uh, Imperial IPA from uh, Craft Breweries, Craft uh, Artisan Nails. There you have another edition of Brewski, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brewski, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club. You'll be helping out the show. You'll also get a box of beer each month. Four different breweries, three bottles apiece. Ooh. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Am I correct, sir? Uh, there you go. Sounds good to me. <laughs> T-Mo's in the house. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going. Yeah. I've had a, a good week so far, man. I really have. No, I'm not, and I'm no fooling. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some bad jokes today, but thankfully I've had right. a good day and a good week. I, forgot uh, I don't know what you fellas did this weekend, but on Sunday, I had a great time. 
I might have mentioned last week that I bought an ostrich egg. Ah, uh, no, you did not mention uh, okay. that. You mentioned it on the show. <laughs> so, so the previous weekend, I went up to my parents' house. Ashley and I went up and saw my parents in Pismo Beach. You did mention that. Coming down from Pismo Beach last Sunday, uh, we stopped in beautiful Buellton, California, at a place called Ostrich Land, USA. Oh, my God. I've gone by there so many times. And like, you go to Buellton, you got to go to the split pea place. Nah, I'm not big on split pea soup. <laughs> I, I, I've always loved uh, pea soup Anderson. It's always been a great time, but... Um, we went to Ostrich Land, USA, um, paid $4 to go walk around and feed the ostriches and the emus a little bit. Uh, that was interesting. I would never pay to go in there again because you can see them from the road. But, uh, <laughs> we bought a fresh ostrich egg, brought it home. And so on Saturday, I went to a few, re- a few stores trying to find some fun meats to eat with the ostrich egg. And really, they didn't have much in the way of exciting stuff at any of the fancy grocery stores here in town. Uh, I went to, you know, Whole Foods and Gelson's, and it was just like, eh, nothing here striking my fancy. So I went down to Beef Palace in Huntington Beach. Nice! And I got... Is that Huntington Beach? Is that actually Huntington Beach? Beach? It is, yeah. Uh, That's what we went there a few times. Warner and Springdale, for those of you who don't know, it's a a great place. Great Uh, place. Fantastic. I I think I still have the picture. So I got some alligator tail. I got... uh, Buffalo ribeye. Cool. Um, I got a whole rabbit. And I got a couple of duck breasts. Nice. And I brought all that home. It's a feast. And yes, so we. I have a whole video somewhere of me <laughs> cracking into the ostrich egg and That's scrambling it up. And How'd you do that? How'd you? Uh, I took a screwdriver and a hammer, and I had the egg sitting in like a coffee mug. Okay. Um, and you just. Punch into the egg with the screwdriver or whatever kind of sharp. Is it, is it hard to break it? It is. It is. It's thick. I've seen people doing it. Because ostriches, the male and the female alternate on the egg, and male ostriches can be like 400, 450 pounds. Yeah. So these eggs are tough as shit. I mean, I, it looks like a freaking dinosaur. I have seen, uh, now that's why I asked, because I have seen people get frustrated <laughs> in their efforts <laughs> to open that thing up <laughs> with uh, some very exciting results yeah. in that it, it just they, they get so frustrated they start hitting it with the hammer <laughs> and then boom next thing this thing's like just everywhere yeah. the, you know the best thing I ever saw was the, not the best the smartest thing I ever saw easiest if you own it is like a Dremel mm-hmm. I saw some guy this guy's like he, he he was all decked out like a surgeon so yeah. he was playing it up but he just he took a Dremel, the, the little saw thing, and lifted it off. And it was so cool. It was, and he played it all like he had the mask on and the gloves, and like it was just like a totally. Uh, and then he. Whatever. I've seen them, but, but they can uh, be they can be very difficult. Very, I've never actually done it. That's why I was asking. I mean, it's a thick shell and it's a hard shell. Yeah. Um, you got to put some force in it. And, yeah. But you so, got to put the force at the right point because yeah. otherwise you got to mess. How much did the whole thing weigh? Roughly. Uh, it probably weighed about two and a half pounds. Oh, my God. Um, That's it, big, man. It filled half, <laughs> it filled half of a mixing bowl that was this, oh my God. this big. And was, the oak, was the oak pretty big? Well, Sometimes I, they're like... Because I wanted to keep the shell okay. fairly intact. I just punched a hole in it. Oh, okay. Like a you know, uh-huh. half, sure. inch, half inch diameter hole. And I took a couple skewers and put them in and scrambled it inside the shell. Right. Um, so I, if Before I were that. ever going to do it again... 
I would do something where I can take off a big chunk of shell and let the whole thing out because then I would just love to see how big. I got a Dremel. The other, the other thing I would like to do someday if I ever do it again a drill is, at home office, is do one, um, boil one, and then do a giant-ass devil, <laughs> deviled ostrich egg with it. Um, but I really wanted to keep this shell as intact as possible, so I scrambled it inside the shell. And then the problem is there's so much liquid in there, and the hole's such a, you know, if you don't do a big enough hole, you end up having to put, like, a straw in and blow in. Oh, it's like... Uh, and, then the, and then the stuff comes out around the straw, so you got to be, like, over a bowl. It's pretty awkward. you got to do it like uh, you used to do with the really... gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how much that would have worked because the you know the thing's all air. It was. It has to be airtight. It, it, uh, air but, it but it was fun. It was it was a very interesting. Process. How did it taste? It tasted like a regular egg, yeah. dude. I mean, the yolk was a little richer, um, a little bit. It, the color of it was pretty pretty interesting. What did you do? Did you did you batter your Meat with your rabbit No, or we did like? breakfast burritos with scrambled ostrich eggs in the morning, how, and then we. How did. many with all that food? How many people were you feeding? Uh, I think we had nine or ten people come okay. through total, yeah. uh, but we had very little leftover food at the end. We still have two tubs of scrambled ostrich egg in the freezer um, for you know the next. When you picked it up, mm-hmm. uh, did you have to? Was there like any special packaging that you? It, they wrapped it in uh, one of those little foam. Envelope kind of things, taped it off, and then put it in a cardboard box. Cool. Which, which what it sounds like you probably didn't even need. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you had to hit it with a hammer and a, and a uh, uh, screwdriver, it's pretty damn tough. What I mean, is, what is if I had to dropped it from up over my head onto the floor, it might have broken. Might have. Right. If you just um, secured it in the back of your trunk and make sure it wasn't rolling around, you'd be okay. What does an ostrich cost? Well, this is probably why I will never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> the ostrich egg that was sixty dollars. Six, Six zero? zero. Oh my Whoa. god! <laughs> it was fun to do once. Yeah. Probably never going to do it again. I, you know, I was so you say, I you, was so ready to say, well, that's the equivalent of a dozen eggs. Yeah, <laughs> the equivalent of probably you about sixty. Probably ten, a, a, ten between, dozen eggs. It's probably about two, no. dozen, two dozen. Two dozen eggs. eggs. Yeah. They said anywhere from eighteen to twenty-four eggs. Two dozen eggs is six bucks at Trader Joe's, man. Come on. Um, yeah, I'm talking about the the massive oh, mass, mass mass egg. That no, when he, when he said the price, I was already I, I, I was expecting a price to be where I would respond with that's the equivalent of about two dozen eggs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, Sixty dollars so is not. Uh, <laughs> you just basically scrambled it. Yeah, scrambled it and. Didn't add anything to the egg. You know, like, sometimes you add milk or whatever to egg, if you're chicken eggs, if you're sure. scrambling them. I wanted to keep it pure. Yes. Um, so pure we didn't, add, any, it didn't add anything in that realm. It didn't add any milk or anything to them. Um, there were a couple of parts of the egg white that were really thick, like jelly-like almost, uh-huh. and didn't really scramble up. With the rest of it, so when we cooked it, there were a few like random <laughs> clear globs that you know they cooked, but they just were really thick. It was bizarre. But right. Otherwise, it didn't taste different than, than that's cool. Egg, so. Question: uh, You bought a whole rabbit. Uh-huh. Did you break that thing down? Uh, it was no, I didn't. Um, it was already cleaned, skinned, cleaned, chopped off the head and the feet. Um, yeah, you don't want to mess with that. Came with just the heart <laughs> and the liver inside, and the liver went in the trash. I was like, I don't. I don't deal with. I don't like liver really. I don't really care for it. But the heart was fun. The little guy. I mean, but honestly, anatomically, got to be bigger than a, I had chicken. It was like chicken heart size, man. Seriously. Yeah. And it oh. was, this was probably a 
I was less impressed with the chicken. It was like a four-pound rabbit, somewhere in that range. That's a good size, then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but that was fun. I roasted it whole and then carved it up. Uh, that was an interesting process. I'd never done that oh, before. So. I remember that when I was a kid, uh, we had a rabbit. Uh, I mean, a young kid, like under 12. And I kept thinking, what is this? And like, eh, my dad's like, chicken, it's just chicken. Then it's chicken. <laughs> chicken-like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just chicken, it's chicken. Yeah, the, anatomically, you could. there are parts of it that you could almost confuse for chicken. Yes, Until you look closer absolutely. at the bones, Yeah. Um, some of those bones in this rabbit were really bizarre. Uh, they got some joints that you know they don't, you don't see down. in a chicken, and um, it's a lot of dark meat more, for the yeah, most part. A lot like of dark meat. Like if you're talking chicken, it's mm-hmm. comparatively. It's uh, yeah. I watch uh, Alaska, the Last Frontier, uh, and these they, they live out in a, this, these families. They, they're homesteaders, man. and uh, you know everything they eat, they they either grow, raise, or kill, hunt. I mean, and uh, I, I watched them several times skin rabbits. It's just like, it's a weird. It's a weird. It's a weird looking uh, creature to, to skin. Yeah. Yeah. One of the weird but fun things about it is there's not really much in the way of breast meat on a rabbit. It's like all legs and back. Thigh. Yeah. Back, the the yeah. back. I mean, it's just like two solid cords of muscle from the base of its neck all the way back to the tail. Did you fry it or you roasted it? I roasted this yeah. thing. Yeah. So. That's the best way. Either roasting, uh, in my, my opinion, either roasting it uh, or stewing it. Yeah. Stewing is nice too. Oh, really? Because, uh, you chop it all up first? Uh, you, you just quarter it, it or, or have it. Usually it's halved, depending on how you're trying to serve it later. Uh, and then if you stew it, the, the nice thing to stew it, because it can be tough. It can be a little tough at times, uh, you know, relatively speaking. Um, and so stewing it, it gets a really nice flavor. A rabbit stew or a, ra- a rabbit that is stewed usually results in a, in a sauce or a broth that's really flavorful that goes nice with, like, potatoes, mashed potatoes or, you know, whatever. It, so those are probably the two best ways. Sometimes when you roast it, if you're not careful, it's really because it's, it's a gamey meat. It's a, not a gamey meat necessarily. It's a, it hasn't got a lot of fat content. Mm-hmm. It, it would be very easy to get, end up with, like, a super dry, like, grizzly sort I, of experience. I was, I was paranoid about that, and I just draped a couple of pieces of bacon over it. Was that your there first you time go. cooking it, doing a rabbit? That's good help. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was my first time doing rabbit. Nice. I had all the other stuff before. I'm I mean, telling you, the Beef Palace, man, the Beef Palace is a oh great my place. God, man. You so had some big-ass scallops from there one time, right? Oh, my God, yeah. 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 yeah small fortune. Huge, they had huge <laughs> lobster tails. I mean, the lobster <laughs> tails were 55 or 60 bucks a piece. Yeah. You know, I got some I mean, They're great. you you got to show up with some cash in hand or a big old credit because... It's not cheap to go there, yeah. but it's it's good. It's for sure. It's worth every penny. I don't mind yeah. spending it when I do. Yeah. I had planned on, like, I bet I'll find what I want there, but I went to a couple places here in Long Beach first because they were on the way that way anyway. I was like, yeah, nope, I'm going down there. Yeah, I, I bought some steaks from there. I bought several things from there over the over the years, and... Yeah, it's a great place. Yep. Let's uh, let's uh, it's that time to give our, our good friend AD a call. We're about uh, a minute. Uh, we, we, we got we got two minutes. We got two minutes to give you AD a call. But that, that's pretty cool, man. That's it pretty, was fun. Pretty pretty good. Sounds like fun. Uh, pretty cool weekend you had there. Huh? How'd, how'd your guests enjoy that? Oh, I think they enjoyed it. Mostly quite. positive. Yeah, I didn't Nobody have any. Freaked. No, no. People I, get freaked. The, the only people that off, came uh, were alligator. people that. 
you know, they were all like, oh, when are we going to do that? They were like, dialed in, right? That's, good. That's cool. That's cool. You no, know, it's a good, uh, a good crowd and a good spread when they're like, oh, Buffalo, been there. It's like, well, yeah, but you got to have that too. Still tasty. Buffalo ribeye was great, man. i got to tell you, the whole thing was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, what did you do with the buffalo? How did you do that? Uh, I just did that in the skillet because I didn't. I got a, a thinner one. It was probably about, it was probably three quarters of an inch thick. Yeah. It was really just, uh, let's get some of this too. But the cool thing with the buffalo ribeye, if you would just go to the gro- regular grocery store and buy a, a ribeye, a lot of times they're kind of gristly fatty. Like, I love ribeyes, but they can be really fatty sometimes. And buffalo is a little leaner than yeah. regular old cattle. Uh, so it kind of strikes the right balance there in terms of how fatty the thing will be. And it, 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 it was really, really tender. It was really good. <laughs> I, was, I was digging it. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's dial in and get our good friend Anthony Davis on the line. We want to welcome our uh, good friend, uh, weekly contributor, and uh, all-around great guy, NFL. Uh, he played in the NFL, played at USC. He was a five-time national champion and five-time All-American over at SC. Anthony Davis to the show. How you doing, brother? Doing great. How are you tonight? Doing great, man. It's always always great to have a chance to chat with you, man. And uh, we played phone tag a few times this week, but. Uh, we, uh, we, we, you know, it's always, it's always a great time to have a chance and chat with you and get your insight on what's happening in the world of sports, man. Well, there's some, there's some crazy stuff going on. <laughs> As always, there's something crazy going on. Let's just, uh, let's just jump in real quick. I don't, I don't know if you heard the story of, uh, um, God, what's his name? Armand Armstead. He was a defensive end, played for USC. Uh, a few years back, uh, he uh, he won- he settled a suit out of court uh, today uh, with the USC. Uh, he uh, previously settled a suit with a um, I don't know pharmacy, not a pharmacy, but a pharmaceutical company. I guess it's called Toradol. Uh, they said he gave him Toradol uh, uh, for the, some uh, injury he had. Uh, I think he said he had a heart attack. He didn't play his senior year. He played one year in the NFL after that. Uh, did you hear anything about this? I wasn't really familiar about it. I heard about that a few years back, and, and then it sort of died, and I guess it was still in progress. And I was wondering what was going to happen with him. I understand he played and he retired. I wonder why he really retired. And obviously we know now. Yeah. I mean, if, if that really happened, uh, that's really unfortunate. I don't know if there's compensation is, but you never get enough compensation when you get injured or you, you, cause your life can be cut short based on whatever you take anyway. You just never know. So I hope the compensation is well worth its time. Yeah, it was interesting uh, that they said that, uh, you know, he says that, it, it, you know, the, the having them give him that, uh, cut his career short, this, you know, these things and stuff, stuff like that. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you, when players get injured and you have the athletic trainer, the trainers on on the team and the doctors uh, involved. Uh, you know, you play professional sports, you play collegiate sports, and uh, you know, high school sports. Do you think? Uh, you know, we've we've heard both sides of the issue. We've heard that the a lot of times, especially when you get to higher levels, the the doctors and the uh, trainers not necessarily have the athletes. Uh, you know. 
best interest in mind. They have the uh, the, the the university or the uh, the pro the pro team's best interest. And in, uh, what was your experience with that? Well, I mean, but, you know, first of all, I really don't think that uh, I really don't think that these guys are maliciously has intention not in the best interest in the ball player. I just think that you know, got to realize that every ball player and every human is different. So if you one player is this and you're the next one, then, you know, it, it might not work in this, in this, uh, this guy's system. So I just think that, you know, you got to be really careful what you're diagnosing to an injury and whatever you're prescribing to a player. And in my particular case, I think, you know, uh, back then I think they were a little more up to speed on stuff today, but back then some of the stuff they were giving should have been taken anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I know that I was – Taking some stuff called butazolidin and robaxin, and as anybody you know anything about horse racing, they give butazolidin 1500 milligrams, give humans 500. That's what I was taking to sort of screw up my system. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just telling you, you know, they got to be very aware, and I'm sure doctors are that way because of what's going on with the concussion stuff, painkiller situation. You just got to be, you know, they just have to be still aware of what you're giving these ball players. Yeah. But, you know, now they're on top of everything now that, you know, uh, they got to watch and everything, and everything. Scrutiny is so heavy now that I think all these positions are really, really conscious of what they do. Yeah, and I know that Toradol was, uh, it was a big deal a couple years ago because um, some stories broke like this about trainers, or not trainers, but team physicians just giving it, giving it out, not necessarily left and right, but way over distributing this stuff to uh, to the athletes in both college and professional football settings, and I know several universities came out and said we're just flat out this not going to be available anymore. Yeah, uh, because it became that big of a well, problem. as you well as you know, and as you know, in every category, in every situation, every business, somebody either over the does something, some people are unscrupulous, some people are right and wrong. Some people just do things they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And I know that's the case in, in what we're dealing with this medication. Yeah. Some, some, some doctors are very conscious in what they give these ball players. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. They give it to them public. No, and I, it's I just think the majority of There's some bad apples everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? No, and I, I think that the majority of the team doctors and, and athletic trainers out there involved in sports at every level have the players' best, you know, best interest in mind with everything they're doing. There's always going to be people, like you said, that are going to be influenced in ways that you know are not in the interest of their patients. But I think most of the people out there are trying to make sure these people live oh, as long, healthy, and productive lives yeah. as possible. Uh, we actually, you know, we, we, we know we know a guy who's a collegiate trainer. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a listener Dave to the show. While. Yeah, Dave. And, uh, and I know that he's passionate about uh, the health of his, uh, his athletes. Uh, matter of fact, to the <laughs> to the point where he he complains that they uh, you know they sometimes they're not honest with him, mm-hmm. and he and you know he's doing the testing and wants to make sure that they're safe and uh, and have no long lasting uh, effects. Well, and it's a tricky business be, as a player when you when you grow up in a system and a culture and a mentality of if I'm if I'm honest about how this feels, they're going to tell me to sit out. Yeah, then you just say yeah, give me one of those and let me go back in, which is really a fucked up idea considering that if your body is lighting you up with all these pain signals saying hey 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 there's a problem here uh you know if you need to take pain medication 
that should be, you know, at the same time while taking yourself out of the risk zone, <laughs> not continuing to go and beat the crap out of yourself. But, uh, but you know, in, in, in AD, you can probably attest to this too. No matter what sport you're playing, baseball, basketball, football, it's, uh, it's one of those things where uh, you get hurt and, and people look at you like, is he hurt? Is he hurt bad enough that he shouldn't be playing, or is she hurt bad enough that she shouldn't be playing? You know, it's like, uh, you know, you, you get a rep, you get a reputation. Look at Dwight Howard. I mean, they, they they say he was soft when he was here with the Lakers because he didn't play when he was injured. And, and we're talking about back injuries. Uh, I think AD said is uh, should have kept him out, you know, over a year. So you know, AD, you know, you, you know, we talk about this where. Uh, uh, the, the trainers and the doctors are necessarily in, in trying to do things in the best interest. But on the athlete side of the thing, is there a lot of pressure on the athlete to, to, to continue to play even though they are injured? Well, a lot of guys play, you know, hurting, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. That hurts your team and you're out there. You're not in 100%. You're not actually playing. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I just don't believe in it because if, you know, because if you are hurt, you take this medication, you're not sitting out of what you're doing. You're getting you're going to be worse. And also, you got to remember, a lot of these owners, you got to start thinking about their investment. I mean, simply, if, 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 if your horse can't go and you force it to go, that's down the drain. You can't do that. You just can't replace certain horses. So you've got to preserve that horse, that athlete, and you put into the cycle. Look, you're not playing it to your health and you well. That's just part of the nature. That's the nature of the business. Right. You, that's part of, the, part of being playing sports and you get hurt. Yeah. Somebody's going to get hurt. So if you're hurt, you got to live with it. You can't force this because they're not even blowing that out anyway. And then, and then you got to think about your longevity when you're after the game. That's because if you play a quarter to month, and you depend to determine how you're walking or how you're living 15 years down the road. So that's the reason why you don't play. But the the issue, I think the issue at hand is is, is most sports, most sports, unless you're talking about the senior leagues and this and that, most sports are played by young athletes. And young young athletes make decisions because uh, you know they feel they're going to live forever. Uh, they're going to you know whatever. Uh, if I don't if I don't perform, uh, I could be out of a job. And and as as T Bone says, you know we, we kind of live in a society where <laughs> you know your body's telling you one thing, but uh, you know you get looked at you know you get looked at uh, you know, askew if you if you don't show up and, and perform. And, and, and I don't know how many times. And as you have said, you know half these guys that are that, that comment on this never never strapped on a helmet or put on a pair of cleats. But uh, you know Monday morning you got you got these guys on uh, on, uh, on on the talk radio and, and on the different TV uh, sports shows talking about oh you know so and so you know he didn't show up to play he, he you know he's not that hurt or she's not that hurt and they should have done this and they should have done that and you know uh, I know it's your as an individual as an adult you have to make your own decisions but there's a lot of that that plays into it uh, I think. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing is, these guys. Uh, I mean, even the, the, the ball players of the day, what they try to do is this. And I think, I think the kid Borman with the Forty ers has sort of opened up a, a, a door with these younger players. I think they're realizing that if you don't start protecting yourself now, you're going to have some problems. But not now, but the, the yesteryear, the ball players didn't think that way. But now, I think they're being very aware of that. I know everybody coming over, you don't get out there, you might lose your job. But I think that's shifting a little bit. And I think the pressure of society would get on these owners if they start eliminating these guys because of that. So I think it's going to be a trend that's going to change after that. 
Well, uh, let's 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 change uh, let's change gears a little bit, man. Uh, the uh, the NFL is talking about uh, dealing with uh, making some changes, at least some uh, temporary changes. See how it works out with the extra points. Have you uh, have you seen any information on that? And, and if so, what were your thoughts? I think they said that if a team decides they're going to go for one point, uh, they're going to move the, the field goal back uh, where it becomes like a thirty to thirty-five yard uh, attempt. Uh, if they're going to go for two, the ball's going to be put on the. I think they said either the one yard line or the one and a half one yard and line, um, and then they go for two. They think doing doing that, most teams, uh, more teams will go for two points, uh, which they think will make the game more interesting. Interesting. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, some you know, so they can do whatever they want to do. You want to put on the one half yard line, fine. You want to put on thirty five, fine. It's going to make it interesting. So, so be it. I mean, you know, it, 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 I believe it will make it interesting, but don't, but don't go back and forth from year to year. You know, keep, keep the rule, keep the rule where it stands, and go from go both. Keep it there permanent. I mean, don't wait two, fifteen years. Oh, hey, we're going to go back to the one point. I mean, come on, just keep it the way it is. Keep it. Try to keep the game as traditional it has been instead of just, you know. Uh, but, but the thing is, if it just creates more interest and creates more job stuff. Fine. It creates job streakers. If the kickers can do that, that means they can bring guys in. They can do all that, do all that kind of stuff. But quit changing the rules and just leave it the way it is. You know, I mean, don't go back and forth like a photo stick. That's uh, that's one of the issues I have. It seems like they're tinkering with the rules each year. Um, the game, the game's been around for a long time, and it's been very successful over the years. Um, I know some of the rule changes they want to make is for safety purposes. Um, I don't. The, the NFL is not losing any viewers. They're not losing any money. Uh, I believe they made an extra, an additional billion dollars last year. Why do you think they keep tinkering with uh, with the rules of play? I have no clue. I, I don't really have a clue. All I know, they make a lot of money. <laughs> and, and I, I, I was telling you. I was telling you from another topic about the money, uh, about. The health issues and stuff with these former players and these and, and these switch players going to be uh, former players and stuff. So that's what I was talking about the extra billion dollars. Uh, Taking in with the game, that's one thing. But I, I believe it's a big extra billion dollars, and they should form a uh, funny a fund for retired players and take care of these, these medically screwed up ball 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 players running the streets and walking streets and driving around, not having nowhere they're going and stuff. They can be taking care of their health for the rest of their lives. You know, that's what I'm more concerned about than chicken with, you know, rules and yeah. this and that. That's uh, what I'd like to see. I'd like to see I'd like to see all these ball players that lifetime medical. If these guys can make the brand and make the NFL what it is and you know, and you're dealing with thirty two of the most rich thirty two collectively the richest men in the world who have the best sport in the world and you can't take care of your former players with major brand, I think that's absurd. Yeah, I I think that a lot of the Every time, every time this, you make some money, every time your, your money goes up, you have more money to put in the fund for these guys to take care sure, of. If they yeah. make money, you should give them and, and take care of these guys who put their blood and sweat on the football field and was able to deliver what you wanted to make and have these great games that you get called the Super Bowl or the playoffs. You know, you take care of these guys. You know, yeah. some of these guys can't eat. Some of these guys can't go to the dentist. Some guys can't go get medical attention. None of this stuff. That's, that's the problem. Yeah, and I think a lot of this flurry of competition committee and rules committee stuff that we've seen over the last few years is a bit of a sideshow to distract from that exact issue 
uh, for one, because, I mean, you look at a lot of the things they're messing with, and, you know, the saying, it ain't, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it, it it rings true. And there's a lot of things that they're talking about that aren't broken. And, you know, the one thing that they probably should have fixed this year, uh, the whole definition of a completed pass, they still couldn't quite get right. So um, I think that especially talking about the extra points, I mean, it's really just they want to look, they want to present this image to their fan base that they are being progressive in everything they do. They're analyzing every part of their game to make it exciting and safe at the same time, which is, you know, a, a definite paradox in the first place. But uh, they, they want to give this appearance that we're a modern league. We're not resting on our laurels. We're not barbaric and all this stuff. Uh, so I think it's a lot of window dressing. I think I don't care what they do with the extra point. You know, if they pick something, pick something, like you said. But don't keep flipping around back and forth all this nonsense. Pick something because the game has been defined by change from the beginning. I mean, a touchdown was five points back in the 1880s. You know, and but don't you think in in, in my in the years I've been watching the game since well for, for a long time, um, I I think it's been more recent than I've seen constant changes every year, man. Well, it's like, yeah, but they're, I, you know, I, I, honestly, I mean, I've been watching the game since the early 60s. But it's not a Goodell problem, and it's easy to blame a lot of I'm things. I'm not blaming Goodell. Yeah. I'm just no, saying know, that just recently. It's, it's not that recent. It just seems, it seems like there's been a lot. When did the two-point conversion become officially a part of the NFL? Early 80s? Yeah. yeah. But it seems, it seems like there was a number of years where the game was the game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's like a change here, a change there, changing the rules. And I'm not saying I, I don't like yeah. some of the changes. Some of the changes are great. But I just seems like every year, maybe just because I pay more attention now, every year I start reading about, oh, they're thinking about tinkering, tinkering with this and tinkering with that. And it would be nice to say, hey, we've got a good game. Let's let's play the game the way it's supposed to be played, uh, which because, I believe. Because I I get pissed off when I work because I work with America's youth, and you know if I'm coaching and refing a game or anything like that, if we're just playing a pickup basketball game after school, kids are complaining about oh well he did this or she did that. And so just play the damn game, you know. But, right. Uh, there's a lot of people who are always worried about oh there needs to be a rule to fix this or a rule to fix that. There's a lot of things that are. I mean, if you play a sport, 50% of the people are going to leave with a bad taste in their mouth every time, you know, unless you like that communist soccer shit. <laughs> people end in ties all the time. But here in America, our sports end with a winner and a loser every time, you know, roughly. And you're not always going to win, and it's not always because there's the rule that's not on your side. I mean, sometimes you just... You fucking lose. <laughs> and it's not the rules' fault. You just lost. And I think that's part of the issue I take with the tinkering every year. Oh, we got to tweak this. We got to change that. It's like, no, the rule is the rule. You lost. It's okay. But you were alone. You lost. Yeah. Ad, uh, let's let uh, me uh, real quick. Uh, we we talk, I want to. There's a. There, I got a whole list of stuff we're going to chat about tonight. Uh, but a few a few uh, uh, a few weeks back, uh, maybe a month or so back, we talked about the passing of Dean Smith, uh, and uh, what kind, what kind of guy he was, what kind of coach he was, uh, what the players have said about him. Uh, came out last week that Dean Smith. This was really cool. Left every person. Who lettered? Who varsity lettered under him? 
a couple hundred bucks, including Michael Jordan, one of the richest athletes ever. Every player who ever lettered on him, a couple hundred bucks, and said, go out and have a great meal uh, on me. Uh, you know, uh, you know, when you start talking, you start thinking about about some of the coaches you had and the experiences you had and the effect they had on your life. Uh, and you think about guys who played for Dean Smith. Uh, you hear stuff like that. What do you think about that? Man, that's just monumental. I mean, I, I, all these guys, if they're hearing anything, they hear what I'm getting ready to say. If you had a coach like that, not only thought about you, you didn't care about it, you had. $40 million in the bank, he had $40 in the bank. He said, if you came to North Carolina and you lettered for me under my program, you're going to go out for dinner with me and have a celebration and you think about me giving you $200. I'm telling you, that is one of the most honorable things I've ever heard. And uh, I think it was great. I really do. I, and I think it had to hit Michael Jordan straight in the head because Jordan doesn't mean anything to anybody. But the <laughs> fact that that is the richest $200 he's ever had. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure that he will honor that $200. And I think he might take the $200, take the 200 bucks, and frame that 200 bucks and always cherish it. That's what I think Michael Jordan would do. Uh, even though he might need to go out and celebrate it, but I think he might frame those dollars. Yeah, they showed the uh, the, the letter and the, and the check. And and it was just, you know, I read the article and I was just, it's kind of like a man. I mean, it's just like, you know, it came to like 30, what did you read it? It was like 36,000 or so. I forgot. I'm like, you know, so I've got the. Because he coached there for 30 yeah, years. Yeah, it's like it's well, well, well over thirty, well over $30,000. Uh, that was a monumental, unbelievable, very, very, I mean, to me, it's emotional to me. And I didn't play, didn't know the man didn't play there. I mean, just, just from a coach to a player and vice versa, back back and forth. I'm telling you, that was unbelievable what he did. Yeah. What a gesture, I'm telling you. Amazing, amazing. Uh, let's, let's, let's move back to your alma mater. Uh, I read an article this week uh, that, uh, uh, on, uh, as, as uh, a good friend here, T-Bone says, the self-proclaimed worldwide leader in sports, uh, said that Adoree Jackson is going to be the most – is the most exciting – and probably the most talented player in the Pac-12. Uh, I, I love the kid. Uh, I love watching him play. Uh, he plays. He's like you. He plays two sports. He runs track. He plays football. Um, you, when you when you when you see him play, and you and you hear what the, the, the thoughts that they have, uh, the expectations that uh, the writers have of him, uh, what do you think? Well, first of all, I, I, I do think he's a great athlete, but I think you know they put the pressure on him, but he's. Just, the most exciting player in the Pac-12. What about the country? Where does he rank in the country? Is he in the top five in the country? He's top one or two athletes. Where is he? I mean, just the Pac-12. I just believe that you know that he has, he has that, but he's in the program over at USC from the Sarkeesian. What I want to see is that I want to see him be in a full-fledged program where he has shown his talent and can can fight for that national championship and Pac-12 and the Pac-12 championship. That's what I want to see. And if you have a kid like that, you put the pieces around that. But, but I want to say, why are you sending him just to the Pac-12? How is he nationally? That's why I want to see how he's ranked. Where is he ranked nationally? You know, so uh, I do agree with that. I think it's going to be exciting. But I want to know how he is nationally. It's interesting. I, I, I'm not sure uh, who wrote the article. Uh, I don't know if the guy just covers the Pac-12. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I, I've seen, I, you know, I watched him play, uh, and the kid, 
he, you know, he, he, he can be he can be easily in the conversation uh, as far as national uh, talent. Yeah, I mean, at this point, next season, anybody who kicks to him won't have a job in 2016. <laughs> if you kick to him, you you do not deserve. Is it like kicking kicking AD uh, in 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 the 72? Or? Well, I mean, I, I went to the, I went to the holiday bowl. In other words, you saying AD ness? <laughs> see, uh, and, and unfortunately, AD, I never got to see you play. You were pre T mode. You are pre me. But uh, I, I, I watched Adderay Jackson take uh, take a kickoff to the house in the Holiday Bowl, and well, you were at that game. I was huh? at that game. Yes, and I was are. just cussing up a storm at that particular moment, you know. But uh, the kid's a hell of a ball player, and if you kick to him. Let's remember this. If you're a coach and you're offensive coordinator, and, and hear me on this, if you got a kid with that kind of talent, which I'm impressed, and all the things he does on the football field, it, it, it's the ability of a coach and his coaching staff to make sure he's in the right position yeah. and have the key people to enhance himself along with anybody around him. That is the key. And I can tell you, Bill, you know, I played years ago under the McCain system, but let me tell you what they did. What he did, he made sure that the pieces were right and why we had our success. And those 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 two national titles of that seat is not there for nothing. And seventy two teams probably considered the greatest team of all time. But I'm just telling you that they have to put the pieces the man this kid even hit. He might do something off the chart that we've never seen before. But that's all up to coaches and how they put the pieces around it. That's all I want to say to you. Because the way I saw him in that holiday ball and what I've seen and how people trying trying to kick away from him, and he still bring that ball back 35, 40 yards, and then sometime all the way back, you can do a whole lot with a kid like that. That's what I'm saying. All I can say is that holiday bowl, uh, during that holiday bowl, I received a, a GFY text from uh, T-Bone here. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, while we're... Go ahead. <laughs> While we're on the subject of the USC, your your teammate, uh, the the current uh, athletic director there, announced uh, this today yesterday that he was not going to attend the uh, what is it the college football playoff committee meetings uh, because they're held in Indiana and uh, he uh, he feels that the, the governor signed this. This law, and he says, As a pro- I am the proud father of a gay son. In his honor, I will not be attending the uh, college football playoff meeting. Uh, not talking politics here, but as far as uh, representing the, 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 the University of Southern California and uh, having, a, having a voice at these meetings um, as athletic director, is he, is he shirking his duties uh, you know, in his position? Or uh, is this uh, something that uh, the alumni you think will support? Well, put it this way: This, this is me, and I'm not being I'm not being offensive to this man, my ex teammate. But I mean, okay, his son is gay. He's not as gay as the other son, based on that ball that he took. But first of all, you got to put on one side. There's official business. It's U.S.C. business. He's on the committee. <laughs> he might disagree with the situation with the situation state of Indiana. But my responsibility is to go back and represent the University of Southern California and the NCAA. When he's on the playoff committee, he should be there. Despite of what his personal beliefs are, I believe that he should be there. And I don't know if he had permission not to do that, 
I don't know the board of trees, the president, the board of trustees allowed him to do that. Now, now I'm against him not being there, but I can understand why he's not there. But the bottom, the first thing takes president is school business, NC2A business, and you are on the committee, so he should be there, in my opinion. I disagree with that move, yeah. but the powers of be at us. He said he didn't have to be there. Okay, that's that's on them. I think, I don't know if there's going to be any backlash on that, for him making that decision. Who knows what we'll have to wait and see. But I'm sure uh, some people, it's going to be divided on how people think about the especially around the UFC family, whether why he wasn't there right. because of this issue. And so what if, what if no one on the committee showed up because of that? <laughs> so how many people are not showing up to that? Is it just him? Is it going to just you up? And I disagree with anybody else who will not be there because of, of what the state of Indiana has done. So I'm saying SC takes the presence over anything. That's school business. That's what you're there for. That's what you're hired for. And I just believe your personal uh, feelings shouldn't interfere with, you know, the job that you were hired to do. Right. And, and, and you, know, you know, you're right. And you shouldn't have a law like that, but you got to do your business. And that's what your job is. And that's for another day, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Moving back to the NFL, the Falcons have lost draft picks and got in trouble for pumping in uh, fake uh, <laughs> crowd noise during the games. I, I, listen, I don't know how important that is. I, I, I don't know that it takes away from uh, the game or adds to the game uh, in any way. Uh I don't understand. I don't understand the 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 the, the severity of the penalty involved, uh, fines plus draft picks and whatnot. Uh, what are your thoughts when you hear stories like this? And do you agree with the 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 the, the with the the, the um, NFL's decisions on this, or is this a, is this a bunch of a bunch about nothing? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, we we know sports today in, in, in the year two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. We all know the sport is entertainment now. I mean, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. sport, but you got sports, so much intertwined with sports and entertainment. So, I mean, why do you need to do all this uh, extracurricular stuff? You know, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Why do that? If, if you're gonna, if, if, if they're gonna pay the penalty for it, so be it. Let it happen. But I don't think that should happen. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, okay, it's an entertainment factor to sports, especially football. I mean, you're going a little too far. I mean, you pumping it in the you know, crowd. That's like that's like how they. Have you know family feud and and, and the price is right. Well, let's make a deal and have someone out here taking having the crowd, you know, cheer and stuff like that. Is that what the, is that what the football game has come to now? <laughs> come on, that's what the Raiders have come to. It's one of those weird. It's called the Jim McMahon factor. <laughs> but this is one of those weird areas where the NFL is a giant contradiction. You know, we're talking about changing rules. Uh, you know, changing the extra point, changing, you know, the illegal contact penalty, all these rules on the field that we're changing. But at the same time, they want a complete lack of progress in some other ways. Like, you know, we just now in the last two years are letting players on the sideline look at still static photos from overhead on a computer screen instead of a printout from a fax machine, you know. Uh, there, there's all these weird, contradictory approaches to technology in the sport where it's like, oh, yes, one player on each team can have a microphone and a speaker in their helmet. 
uh, but everybody else has to play you know, without it. Uh, and then, oh, yes, you can use this fancy new computer on the sideline, this Boy, tablet. Some, some serious to, branding to on look that. At, that uh... To look at a still photograph. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just silly the way they pretend to embrace change and technology in some ways and then just outright shy away from it and say, oh, God, no, we can't do that. And, you know, nobody wants to play in a place where there's fake noise coming in. Just keep it the way it is. I mean, that's you're going to have a big old screen up there with everybody diagnosing. Just keep it the way it is. The, 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 the mystery of what the coaches are trying to do, just keep it within there. I mean, eventually you're going to see you're going to have special people being able to see a box, a computer, and what, and what they're doing. I mean, come on. Just leave it the way it, just leave it the way it traditionally has been. That's the game we know. You start inserting all this stuff, certain people should have this, certain should have that, or you can put a computer on thing instead of having a printout thing, you can have it on a computer. I mean, come on. Just keep it the way it is. That's what everybody wants to see. One of the... And so, I mean, you know, I'm against all that stuff anyway, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. Somebody says, hey, man, get with the program. You know, this ain't 1970, this ain't 1980. Well, I mean, you know, what are you going to keep doing? I mean, you're going you're, you're gonna to turn the football game into a robot? You might as well, feel so eventually, you might as well start crafting robots. That's what you want to do? It's coming, we're, bro. We're going back to the games. <laughs> I used to have those, uh, those, uh, those ones when they vibrate the players and they, me. Since we're on the technology tip, uh, the Browns' general manager got in trouble this week, or because he was texting the sidelines. Uh, here's the thing, Ad. You know, we're talking about an age where uh, there's a lot of uh, technology involved, and yeah. uh, you know, you, you see you see things where uh, you know if you're in the booth, uh, you can see the field a different way, and you can see you can hear with. The, uh, the the sideline reporters are saying that they, they just interviewed this coach on this sideline and they see and he's saying this and they're saying that. You also have um, you have experts in the booth. I mean, there's times I hear uh, John Gruden say, you know, in a situation like this, uh, I would do this or, oh, well, that line up there means they're probably going to do that. And and if, if you're watching that, well, you could easily text somebody, and you can you could change the defense immediately. Um, we're in a situation now where technology has changed the way we live. Uh, do we penalize people for using it, as people was saying, within the within within the, the confines of the game, or do you just? I mean, what changes do we make, and uh, what advances do we take? Which advances do we leave? I'm I, I, like you. I'm a purist. Just leave the game alone. Uh, but uh, these opportunities are out there. So, what what happens when when these things take place, and uh, you know when guys get in trouble? What type of uh, penalty should be imposed? First of all, you should keep the games as simple as the way it used to be. If you're going to go to the technology route, you got to put limitations on that. If not, it's going to get out of control. Because, you know, somebody's going to take the technology and start cheating with the technology, which they already implicated that that happened anyway. Yeah. So, so, so I believe if you're going to use, if you're going to go the technical way, you got to put limitations on the technical way. And you have to do that. If not, just leave it alone, period. Because like, you're, you're absolutely right. Because the game is expanding, and they're talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, it's, and it's, become, it's becoming robotic. And you don't want to do that. You know, I mean, you guys will start building robots to put them on the field. So, uh, my, my, my mama just, you know, I, I think it should be limitations on, 
uh, from the technical standpoint because it's getting out of control, man. Come on. We, we've had this discussion, uh, you know, we've been doing this show here for about six years now, and we've had discussion years ago. I remember discussing it with uh, T-Bone and, and C-Liv at the time. Um, you know, we, we, we start talking about instant replays and this and like that. See, I have no personal problem most of the time. I still that tuck rule pissed me off. Uh, I still have no personal problem most of the time with human error. Uh, I know everybody wants to say see a perfect – Perfect game, uh, you know, no mistakes. Doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so we spend time. We spend time with the, with the referees, uh, you know, hovering with the hood over their head, looking to a camera, and you know, I don't even know. There's a million times where, even so, you see the, the you see it played a different angles, different ways, and then you go, oh my god, that's a touchdown, and then the uh, then the ref comes out of the out of the answer replay booth and says. The you dress know, is blue and black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, why are we? I, I understand we, we we strive to get it right, but this entire strive for perfection uh, in sports, uh, I, I'm not sure I, I, I get it. Well, listen, man. You know these. Look, when, when you start when you start playing around with stuff like this. You know, you don't know what you're doing. Everybody's going to have the game be, be built from a perfection standpoint. It's just, just, just keep it simple. Keep it simple. And quit, quit going these routes because these routes are just distorting what the game's about and people want to see. Well, that's the you know, the, we, you know, you played football and baseball, and the thing about baseball is, you know, if it's inside the foul pole and over the fence, it's a home run. You know, I mean, well, uh, uh, you know, there are very few times where they say, well, you know, and, and, you know, the guy, you know, somebody interfered, you know, and you get it's a ground rule double or this, that, and the other. Uh, you know, tie goes to the runner. I mean, baseball is pretty basic, and, and even they're talking about, you know, instant replays and, and things like that, um, and which, you know, it, it, you know, a game like baseball, it, it's a slow game as it is, and you start talking about instant replays and things like that, it's really going to slow the game down. And, and now, matter of fact, you know, Dodger Stadium has created a situation now. It's like going to the airport. you got to get there a couple hours early because they're going to put in metal detectors this year. So I, I, I don't know what we're doing to our sports and, and, and where we go from here, uh, but I think they're taking the fun out of a whole lot of this stuff, man. Well, first of all, you know, the metal detectors over there because of the lawsuit with the San Francisco Times fan was attacked by these two guys. I mean, the thing is, they should have been proactive years ago, and Major League Baseball should have been proactive. They should have had all the statements like that anyway. I mean, you know, you know, you, you do have to go with some change because you have knuckleheads who come to the games and stuff like that. And you're right, people have to get there even much earlier because of this new technology putting in stuff. I mean, you know, it's good and some of it's bad, but I mean, that's what it is, that's the way it is, Keith. And, uh, you know, I, I just believe that, you know, my I don't really know my, where, my, I don't really, I really don't know where sport is going or not, you know, for the future. You know, you got so many issues you have to deal with. But like I keep telling you, you know, you know if you keep, if you keep getting, making things crazy, is everything going to get out of hand? You know, you know, you got to remember, man is always, Made things great and, and, and made things messy too. <laughs> That's the truth. 
Well, the thing the thing is, Ad, the, the, most of the problems at Dodger Stadium are in the parking lot. So, it really, <laughs> having a metal detector to get in the stadium is, is, is it's, as uh, as Joey would say on Friends is a moot point. I mean, <laughs> or, as, or as Brian Stowe would say, uh... I don't get that. I don't get that one. And you know, some guys try to make it break it down to a race issue too about you know it's like it's, it's like you know it's for everybody. You know, even though we have a lot of Hispanic fans and. Uh, and all fans, one guy was trying to make it this is, it's really a Hispanic thing, which I thought he really off base. It's for all people to tailgate and stuff, basically. But one guy was trying to just isolate it to just, you know, it's mostly that the Latino people sitting up there creating the problem, but it's not, that's not true. It can happen with anybody. No, so, uh, but, but, my, yeah, but the thing is, 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 is getting into the, getting into the stadium is, is, uh, there's the things that happen in the stadium. I worked at the stadium, you know, years ago. And I know things have changed, times have changed, but uh, the things that happen in the stadium are usually nipped in the bud. The things that happen right. in the parking lot, uh, unless we want to live in a police state, uh, you know, things are going to happen places, uh, whether it's a, whether it's Dodger Stadium parking lot or, you know, Fifth and Wall. Yeah. There, things are going to happen places. and it's a great day. It can Exactly. You can happen in San Diego. You can happen anywhere. Right. Just to break it down and make an example of L.A. and, and, and that kind of stuff was that what was that was appalling to me. I, so, I agree. You know, it, can happen, it, can, it can happen anywhere. You know. I mean, but there's one thing about our society that, that I've always said about in sports and a lot of different areas. You know, we have to be a proactive society anyway. As things grow and change, you have to change and you have to go with, go with the change and be proactive. Don't be nothing. Don't do stuff so drastically. Because everybody goes, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. And everybody's so drastic. Just flow with everything, you know. So you can see what I'm talking about. Oh, it yeah. always happens. Exactly. Hey, uh, Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain, uh, a book written by Anthony Davis, available on Amazon.com as well as Lulu.com. Or if you don't know either one of those, you go to the homepage of Swoosh World, click on it right there. It'll take you there to pick up the book. A.D., uh, real quick, uh, for the listen, new listeners, a little bit about the book. Excuse me? I said for the new listeners, you want to tell them a little bit about the book? Give them a little teaser, man. Well, Give them a little teaser. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the book is very interesting. The thing that I'm really impressed about uh, with the book and, and what, how working together with myself, collaborating with people, is that Dr. Daniel Amen, who wrote the Ford, and you just read the Ford and have a glad you write into the book about you know, issues with my concussions, issues with my stories, issues with my life, and uh, different things that I've dealt with over, over the years. So start off with reading the forward with Dr. Amen, and uh, it's a great read. We worked hard on it, especially myself. I probably, probably, I'm, I'm probably more probably hadn't run in touchdowns, but, uh, uh, but, I, but I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a good piece, and I just want to share this with the public. Anthony Davis. <laughs> Anthony Davis, the greatest athlete to ever set foot in the campus of University of Southern California. We want to thank you once again for joining us, brother, and we will talk to you again next week, man. Okay, take care, T-Bone. Swoops. Catch you next time. Absolutely, man. man. <laughs> you are listening to Swoops World on the Talk Star Radio Network. We'll take a quick break and listen to Seven Solo. This is called Big featuring Corrupt. Back after this. Yeah, we're about to get into this new record. Come on. 
Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hello, this is Exine Zervenka. You're listening to Swoops World. <laughs> Welcome back to Swoops World on Talk Star Radio Network. It's, been, it's a party all the time, man. Either we're live, on the air, having a party, or we're on a break and we're still having a party. So that's why you hear us laughing in the background. And if those of you who watch us on the screen there, that's what, what we're doing, man. Uh, 
gosh. So we don't do uh, we don't do this one anymore. <laughs> so I guess it's uh, DraftKings, man. All right. If you want to play around with uh, Cricket World Cup, I think is just about done. Uh, in fact, it may have officially completed. But if you like to play fantasy sports, then you need to get on this train and you need to go to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings because it's all of the fun parts of fantasy sports with possibly the same amount of heartbreak depending on how good or bad you are. But you get to do it more often. So if you like to pick teams and then you don't really necessarily like to do all the trades and the free agent moves and crap that come with a long season of fantasy sports... Do the part you enjoy. Go do the draft, play it out for a week, and then do another draft next week. Because um, really, that's when you get to have the most fun talking crap. Unless you're going to trade Unless you somebody. actually won. Yeah. <laughs> if you win, the cool thing is that if you are playing DraftKings, you get to win actual money, not just mythical fake digital trophies and medals like on you know these other sites. So if you go to swoopsworld.com right now and click on the DraftKings banner, you get a free entry into a crap load of money giveaway. Sport of choice, I believe. Check it out. That's DraftKings. Bada-bomb! For all your fitness needs, go see our good friend Jack Nunn over at Rowworks Fitness. He's got indoor rowing, personal training, boot camp, and as well as uh, special triathlon training for uh, those of you who are into the three-sport uh, 26.2 mile, this and that, and uh, you know they run a marathon and this. Wow. And Marathon's that. the end of it. The yeah. Marathon's the end of it. Swim, bike, run. Swim, bike, run. So Ugh. for all that good stuff, he's got all that kind of training. Go down to 5750 Boathouse Lane right here in Long Beach. Look him up at www.rowworks.com. Give him a call at 562-688-1716. And your first week is free. Next week on Swoops World, artist Gregory Dane Saban will be in studio with us. And we'll have a chance to chat with him. And uh, you ready for your time out or are we going to kibitz for a little bit? Uh, I'm Honestly, I probably should have gone to the bathroom at the last break. So we're going to kibitz for a second. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll take a quick break. I think we all got to make that run real quick. Uh, you got to pay the piper, man. You only rent that stuff. So anyway, uh, Peter, man, you have uh, you've been doing a lot of art. You do the uh, Peter. First of all, of those who are new to the show, Peter's an amazing rock sculptor, but he has been doing that lately. He's been doing lino prints. Is that what you call yeah. them? Uh, lino prints, lino cuts. Lino cuts. Yeah, there's, yeah. block prints is another name for them. Uh, he, uh, and they're for sale. <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. the, the, the process, uh, the process of what you do, it, it's still, uh, it's still, you're still in your wheelhouse as far as sculpting goes, because you're, you're still getting, the, 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 you're, you're reducing uh, what, you do, what, you, what you do a lot of. Negative space, you work in that sort of thing, and <clears throat> it's, it, uh, it's different than carving in a lot of ways, but one of the ways that's very, very similar is that what you're taking away is what's going to show up. Yeah. In the final products, you know, so in the, ca- the case of carving, uh, literally, you're trying to find the image that's inside the rock, so you're carving away. In the case of lino cuts or block prints, uh, which is te- technically where you, you're working with wood, I'm working with uh, linoleum. Uh, but the idea is the same: is that what you're cutting away is going to be what gets printed. No, no, what you're cutting away 
disappears. What gets left behind is what's printed, which right. is and the thing that's interesting about lino cuts and block prints is that there might be multiple levels of that. There might be so you printed blue, now you're gonna cut away, the blue stays and something else shows up, the red, the yellow, the right. whatever. Generally you work light to dark. But so you cut away the you, you just cut away the blue. Like cut away the blue. You like you, so print, you just printed blue and you want blue to remain. You cut away, you the, cut blue, away the blue. And then the next level. You might p- print a darker blue or a black, and you know. So you work your way down. And, uh, so it's a, it's similar. There's a certain similarity in the negative space concepts because whatever you draw, like if you draw that line, right. whatever it is, the line you cut is now white or. Yellow or whatever color. It's an interesting concept. It's a, yeah. I you, like it. you can find his art. You can find his art on Instagram under Peter Michael, Peter Michael Art uh, on Instagram at Peter Michael Art on Instagram. And uh, you, you won't. I don't. You don't have any of your your stone carvings in there. You, one interesting thing about Peter's uh, uh, when he when he was, when he carved stone, uh, he, he uses uh, old school tools. No no Dremels. No. Uh, no power tools. It's a hammer and chisel. Uh, hammer and chisel. I, I own. I, I have a proud owner of one of his sculptures. Uh, uh, he's got some amazing things. And, and as I've always said, it's museum quality. Uh, mm. He will do a commission. Uh, but uh, go to uh, at Peter Micro Art on Instagram. You can see what he's doing now. And uh, it's, it's just great stuff, man. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm just happy to, to be able to say. I, I own some of your stuff. <laughs> I own uh, one of the prints. I own right. Uh, right. one of your sculptures, and, uh, and I will cherish those forever. And nobody can have the ones I have. But uh, if you want to purchase some of what he has, uh, just look him up or email him here at swoopsworld at gmail dot com, and he'll get get the email. And, uh, and you know he's got some cool stuff. So definitely check it out at, at Peter Michael Art uh, on Instagram. Uh, is there any other place you can find it? You have a you have a you have a website on uh, not uh, not Etsy, but. Uh, Big Cartel. Big yeah. Cartel. So. Which is PeterMichaelArt.com. So there you go, PeterMichaelArt.com. We're just going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and do a little T-Bone timeout. What do you say? Let's do it. You are listening to the Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. This here is the the, Mo, the <laughs> Moss Brothers. Uh, I don't know if it's Moss or Moe's. It's M-O-S dot, M-O-S period, Brothers. Uh, they're going to be our guest here in a few weeks. And uh, we're going to check them out. Uh, This is called The Getaway, and we'll be back after this. This time, you'll never change their mind. Color blind in disguise. All you see is gray Paint blues By the nurse that you choose Try not to
faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is John Gannon, and I just had the greatest time on Swoop's World here. You know that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's timeout. My goodness, another fantastic night here in the studio. uh, You sound like uh, Paul Harvey. (laughs) My goodness. And that's the way it was. That's the way it was, exactly. <laughs> You're too young for that. that could I be am, good. but hey, you know, every now and then you can hear like a little, you know, you get snippets of Paul Harvey every now and then. <laughs> I you love, listen I to the to right live, radio station. I used to live, listen to Paul Harvey every freaking day, man. I loved it. Yeah, between Paul Harvey and uh, Garrison Keillor, I feel like I have a better <laughs> grasp of the past than a lot of people might age. Yes, Garrison Keillor does the, uh, what's it called? Uh, Prairie Home Something, something. Prairie Home Companion. Midwest yeah. backwater, yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, our guest today uh, was calling from, uh, you know, I, I, I pronounce it the uh, the West Coast way, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh. <laughs> and he had 100%, what did he say, 100% tornado mm-hmm. a warning. So uh, it was touch and go. He was there literally there. waiting for the siren. Yeah, he was nice. waiting for the siren to go off. <laughs> he got cell phone reception in his uh, in his bunker, huh? Yes. <laughs> oh, no, he was outside. He was outside waiting for the... Waiting and for he's the... like, if the siren goes off... I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> be behind several feet of concrete. <laughs> well, it's actually worse. Exactly actually worse. He, he, he's, he, he works at this... Uh, Complex, right? Uh-huh. It was a condominium complex, apartment economy. I can't remember what it was. So, what he has to do first before he could take cover himself, he has to go out and open up the shelters that everybody else could pile into. And, for the riffraff. Yeah, for the riffraff. And then he can go get himself <laughs> situated. <laughs> That's one of the those things where, you know, I've, I've got all these family back in the Midwest and they. They'll say things like, I don't know how you guys deal with those earthquakes out there. I'm like, we get an earthquake, 
You know, we get earthquakes every day that we never feel. We get a, a noticeable one, you know, every now and again. We get a bad one, like, holy crap, it's a big deal for a long time. And then, I mean, the worst one we've had in a long time here is still the Northridge one back in 94, right? I mean, is there anything anything come close to it since in terms no. of damage? No. Maybe magnitude, it's been close, but damage, nothing has come close since then. Here, you know, knock on wood. But shit's going to come down someday. But, but tornadoes, it's like every year you've got a tornado season. Season. That shit's coming. That doesn't usually just affect like one small part of the yeah. the state. It affects the whole yeah. state. Like, because if we have a earthquake, it could be in San Francisco. It could be somewhere in between here and L.A. Yeah. It could be in San Diego. It could be. I mean, like, it's some part of the state. It's not like the entire state's on a earthquake. I tell my cousins they say they live yeah. that, the same thing. Yeah. I said the thing is is. We're just wandering around, minding our own business, and we go, oh, shit, earthquake. <laughs> you guys are like, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. That's it's the coming. Part. It's coming. As, as just pointed out, it's a season. Yeah, but even, even though. It's like, like the rainy And then you've got the warning. And they know it's coming. Like the locust you got, no, no, you got the tornado watch. War, the watch, the And then you got the warning. Yeah. And then all, you got the, oh, we got cows or whatever, like you know. It's a three-day event, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, like, it's like you guys got all and that. Forget that, man. Like, I will take my chances in an earthquake any day. Half the time, and if I go, the, I go. Half but, the time we're asleep when it hits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's for the best, you know. Yeah. Because the ones that happen at 3 in the morning, the drunk people don't even notice them. And, <laughs> and the sober people who would freak out sleep through them. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you got woken up by it and you're not dead... You're, it's over survive. by the time you wake survive, up. Survive, you know? right? Yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah, right you, now you, you have go back to bed. You aftershocks. <laughs> you're like, oh, you aftershocks. You can go back to bed, man. If the big one woke you up and you're still alive and your house hasn't caved in, then you can go back to bed. See, I'm the guy, I'm the guy who turns on KFWB. Oh, Got to listen to all the... No, I can oh, right my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 75 miles away from here, no, it's gone to just... shit. <laughs> yeah. then, I, then I'm up and I'm watching TV. <laughs> But I'm drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not hunkered down in a bunker. No. And I remember as like a four or five-year-old kid going back to the farm in Iowa for the first time and seeing, oh, we're going to show you. Because the kids, we always got sent down to the basement anyway. It's like, oh, you guys, you kids go hang out down there. Go play go play duck hunt in the basement, which at the time I thought was awesome. Cause my sure parents, wasn't duck, 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 goose. <laughs> <laughs> we had, where you point the gun at the TV screen, that was top Peak technology back in 1989, man. Dude, I grew up with Pong, man. Uh, dude, Duck Hunt was, yeah. it's still awesome. But um, but we were hanging out down there, and then my dad and my great uncle come down. They say, hey, you guys want to see the, you, know, you want to see the shelter? And I'm like, what? what? This whole basement concept was already foreign to me. <laughs> and then the idea that there's a part that's like even more hardcore underground bunker-ish, because... You know, they had an actual bomb shelter in the farm. Oh, because, they're like, you know, because it was the house, the new house, the new farmhouse was built in the 60s. So it was like, you know, missile crisis and Cold War shit. They built a bomb shelter. I like those guys I watch on TV. What do they call them? Uh, Survivalists? No, they, the, the preppers? The preppers. Yeah. They're like preppers, man. This was, the, this, I mean, and my great uncle is Before not. Before it had a name. He's not a kook or anything, yeah. but I mean, I imagine if I had. 
land and money in the 60s, I probably would have built one too. Like, fuck it. I've already, yeah, got, yeah. I've already got a concrete shell that goes, you know, 12 feet down into the earth. I might as well build a little bit of it out to be just yeah. a little extra strong. That kind of family thing. Yeah, man. but... Um, Several bedrooms and shit. You know, the the Bing, I don't know what search engines you guys use, I don't care, but Bing, ha- on their homepage, they have a different crazy photo every day, and last week... I'm not week, surprised you're a Bing guy. I'm not surprised. Last, well, I'm not, honestly, but J-Bro is, because he likes their maps and he likes their pictures on the homepage, and so he texted me and said, dude, Bing homepage, fuerte, <laughs> and I go and I look at it, and it was, it was one of these ridiculous... Uh, storm cloud thunderhead soon to be tornado monstrosities uh, over some little town in Nebraska and it was a ridiculous picture I mean just the most menacing like I'm gonna fuck your shit up kind of thing that you could ever imagine we got cats on our homepage right now though oh yeah well it's cause it's April Fools it's just the, the whole world's gone to crap today on the internet but um yeah, I could not live out there just for that part. The, the snow doesn't bother me. But the, the, the idea that people in other parts of the country and the world think that earthquakes are like this terrifying thing. Well, they can They be. can be, yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're in a, I mean, not to be, I mean, especially if you're in a, like a, a third world country where yeah. shit just falls apart. Or Indonesia where after the earthquake happens, now you got to deal with the fucking wave that shows up. Yeah. Which qualifies for a third. No, no, but the point... No, no, it's not... It's not well, so the earthquake is bad, but the aftermath <laughs> is even worse. Yes, right. Yes, exactly. I love the signs we have out here that say tsunami zone, you know. <laughs> yes! Like, I remember the first time I saw Bring it on. The first time I saw one of those, I'm driving down, like, uh, Beach Boulevard or some crap, and I look up and it's a tsunami zone. Do you zone. know the, the largest tsunami to hit in North America? That's like 69, 71 or something like that up in Oregon, just past the... Crescent, Crescent something, Crescent City, up in Oregon, just north of the California border, because just the way the land is all shaped there, uh, like a six point something went off. Why don't you read a book, Peter? <laughs> point is, at the time, nobody lived in that part of Oregon. So now, now it's a now it's a, pop now it's a serious <laughs> problem. We don't have a we don't have it here in LA because of the Channel Islands. Uh, Really prevents any serious tsunami for us. Doesn't but make it impossible. We still get the warnings. Like, like, we still get the warnings because it is still possible, but it's it's highly unlikely just because the Channel Islands and then the way it's really really deep before that. However, and also we have uh, we don't have a subduction fault. We have right. a, yeah, the, but uh, all of that grinder kind. All of that happens the name that. right up there. Tectonic? Or t- what is it called? Uh, but he, he's totally right. Yeah. But all that happens just north, like 20 miles north of the California border. Uh, in Crescent City. I don't know if it's Crescent City, but somewhere up in that area. Sounds about right. That's where the largest tsunami in recorded history happened in, in North America. Uh, and nobody lived there at the time. But now it's a heavily, not heavily, but it's, it's suburban. Go west, suburban. young man. Yeah, yeah man. It could, be, uh, it could be a problem. But... Not where we are. It's all right. It's not a problem where we are. They're going to save the world because they're not allowed to pump their own gas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> oh shit! Did my phone die? No. <laughs> so you know, March Madness is happening. Screw you, bastards! <laughs> it's okay, Swoop. You're not in last place. Yeah, I, I'm ahead of the one and a half year old. Yep. You still got the one and a half year old beat, and you've got Ashley's empty bracket beat. So that's good. <laughs> Gfy. That's fine. Uh, we're not gonna have a defending champion this year because our champion from last year, Azure, her bracket. Well, she has a decent number of correct picks. She didn't pick any of the right upsets, I guess, because she's down there. Uh, Peter, looks like your your magic coin has gotten you right about to where you ended up last time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was around 6th or 7th last time, and uh, so that's solid. I can live with that. I repeat performance. And I got to be in first place for... Yeah, what, two rounds? Yeah, two you, rounds you were riding high the first yeah. two. I'd like to also... And I could move higher, because I do have Wisconsin winning, so I could move up maybe a couple spots. I'd like to also amend my GFY <laughs> to uh, to T-Bone and, and, and ship it over to Peter, too. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> as uh, The way I see it, I have nobody in the Final Four. Well... I am done for the year. Right now, I, I have 40 out of 60 picks correct, which, you know... Well, I have 34. Fun, I have 34 out of 60. I'm at, I'm at a good solid two-thirds right now, but I know I only have one more game I can... Here's what really kills me, Yeah, man. right. Here's what really kills me, man. I have 34 picks right, okay? I'm behind somebody who's got 27 picks. Oh, that's Peter. 27 <laughs> picks right. <laughs> yeah, that's the only person ahead of you that you actually Bastard. outdid. <laughs> that's okay. You know, no, it's fine. It's fine. We're not supposed to win these things anyway. We can't win. Them. We're the help. Part, part, part of the part of the We're rules. The, staff. the rules committee will not let us, yeah. not let us win. Fabian uh, is holding the lead right now. Huh? The, the final four takes place this weekend. Yes, we've it does. got we've got Wisconsin and Kentucky. Wisconsin on one side, and on the other side, we've got Duke and Michigan State. So we've got uh, two Big Ten teams in there. We've got the SEC and the ACC. Uh, a lot of usual suspects in terms of schools and coaches. Uh, we see John Calipari and Kentucky in there. Again, we can, Coach K has Duke back. Uh, Bo Ryan and Wisconsin back for their second consecutive trip to the Final Four. Uh, the championship thing has been elusive for them, but they have been a top-notch program for quite some time now. And then Michigan State, who was a seven seed, I believe, this year in the tournament. Uh, Tom Izzo gets Michigan State back into the Final Four again. Uh, Look at I that, I had, I had, I had, I had two teams. Let me say, I, had two I would really love to see how Peter's Magic Coin does with the Final Four matchups that we have now. Because yeah. I, would take, I would take that. As <laughs> I, had, I had three teams... Three teams in position. Oh, I do have one. I still have one in there. I have Kentucky still in there. If you don't have Kentucky in there, you're definitely Kentucky probably not competing. But I don't have – those bastards from Gonzaga let me down, man. <laughs> and that game was not as close as I would have hoped it would Oh, you know what? I, I actually – I have Gonzaga – I have Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I had put – no, no, I had Arizona beating – I had Arizona. Arizona beating Wisconsin as yes. well. So. Yes. Mine. Oh, no, I don't have Kentucky. I had Kansas beating Kentucky. Oh, the Battle of the K's. Yeah, they lost by two points. Bastards. I had Kansas winning it all. That's what I had. So you just can't count on anybody from the Big 12. You just can't do it. <laughs> Texas fired their coach. Yeah, Iowa State just folded. Kansas lost to little brother, Texas Wichita State. Texas didn't wait any time firing their coach either. 
No, and Tennessee didn't waste any time hiring him up either. They <laughs> sure didn't. Um, and now I hear Texas is trying to get uh, Shaka smart over his way, over their way. Um, I still don't know if he's going to leave VCU. He's, you don't see it happening? I mean, I see it happening eventually, but there's a reason he hasn't left yet. There's a reason he hasn't been tempted by all the offers he's gotten from big schools like that. It's because he's on top of the world. He could do no wrong at VCU. He could have losing seasons, which he doesn't plan on or want to do, but he could lose. Things could go poorly, and he wouldn't get canned. Um, if he's at Texas for two years and things don't go great, they're going to trap door his ass and fire him and bring in somebody else. And there's – you see, like Chris Peterson at Boise State in the football realm of NCAA stayed at Boise State for probably five or six years longer than anyone expected him to because he had immediate success because the program was already on cruise control. But he could clearly still coach football. And he rebuffed offers for several years before finally saying, okay, Washington, I'll go there. Um, because Washington, their expectations had been down long enough that he wasn't going to immediately get shit on if things didn't go great. Uh, but that's a that's a huge factor, I think, for a lot of these coaches who are at mid-major, mid-level programs. And they say, well, yeah, you just fired a guy you had for 20 years who's done nothing but good things for your program. Am I even going to get time to have any dent? You know, so it's a weird, weird deal. Think about uh, NCAA basketball. <clears throat> John Wooden had uh, had set a standard there where everybody's compared to John Wooden. You know, Duke's got Coach K, and people love him or lo- like him or love him. But I think, uh, I think, as we were talking with AD, I think. Dean Smith, man, he, he's, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, is it the guy is, uh, he's got to go down in history until somebody else comes along. It's, when it comes to uh, collegiate basketball, that guy has set a standard that it's going to be hard to live up to. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at, you know, North Carolina's current coach, Roy Williams, mm-hmm. who spent, he spent a good number of years at Kansas, too, and they to coach at two of the top programs in college basketball. That's yeah. pretty impressive. But he's still almost an afterthought right? at North Carolina. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's like, he's just the goal. He's just the the, the groundskeeper, you know. Just <laughs> just pull the weeds and cut the grass and, you know. Don't Keep let everything the, looking don't nice. Don't let the riffraff take over <laughs> the neighborhood, you know. That's his whole thing. He's just the custodian. Uh, so it's weird. It's a weird deal, this whole college basketball thing we've got some serious blue bloods in the final four this year um they're all repeat offenders every single coach has been to the final four several times yeah and basketball i think is is a sport where coaches can have especially at the college level an incredible effect because you have if you are the kind of coach who can recruit and develop and game strategize effectively, you can be at the top of this game for as long as you want to be. That is true. And you have, I mean, because the the amount Those of control that these years, guys are afforded. I mean, even guys who get in trouble. Look at Bobby Knight. I mean, Bobby Knight, Jerry Tarkanian. These guys, they, you know, they they might have changed colleges, but they they consistently coached. Yeah, and if you if you get the formula right, 
you have less moving parts than any other major sport. Yeah. And like I said, the ability to control recruiting is just especially with, you know, the way the guys control recruiting. Yeah. It's amazing what what these people can do. So I didn't think honestly that Duke had it in him this year. That's why I picked Gonzaga. I, I was not as surprised as many people and that, Michigan, that Michigan State got into it. This no, year. those guys have been they've been scrappers since the, yeah. going back to the, uh, the the magic years, man. They've, um, they've but, been scrappers. But, but Kentucky is just a whole different beast right now, and I think that they are. You know, they had their probably their second or third closest test of the season last week against Notre Dame. And they're not invincible, but I think they are head and shoulders above. They almost even, lost in even the th- Yeah. But, but I think they are still head and shoulders above the three teams left. I think their best matchup, the best game that they could get out of this whole tournament, could be Wisconsin, but we'll see. It's a whole different styles of basketball between those my two. Next door neighbor, my next door neighbor, is a, uh, he's a Spartan alumni, so... Uh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta throw him a bone here and there. I think Kentucky. You know, you know the thing is, if you if you run this if you run this far, this season, undefeated, you might as well run, you might as well run run it all the way out, man. Be, become you know be another be another asterisk in history, man. You know, knock it knock it down. You, you, it's hard not to. It's not for me, and I know there's people that are there's always haters, but it's hard not to root for them now at this point in time. I think. Well, I, and I think they're going to the championship game. I think they're either going to be forty and zero or thirty nine and one. I don't think we're going to see thirty eight and one. I don't think they're losing to Wisconsin as much as I think Wisconsin is probably the second best team in this tournament. I think that uh, Kentucky has the momentum, the talent, and the will right now to do it. So, have, have, have you guys anybody ever played on an undefeated team? That's oh, that's tough. Uh, only in short-term situations, like all-star tournament, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, I played. I played an, over the course of a, a regular season and a tournament. No, I've never been. I an played an undefeated team in Pop Warner, which is what, what, ten games, eight games, ten games, whatever they got. Uh, but nothing like nothing like these guys. I mean, this is this is a remarkable. I mean, to play that even you know even when you talk about like some of the streaks the Lakers had over the years, where they you know they won. You know, fifty games or whatever, or something like, un, you know, in a row or something. To, to win that basketball, when you start talking about that many games, you know, especially, you know, I think the go back to the seventy with seventy two Dolphins, but that's over two seasons or something. But when you talk about like in a single season playing that many games and winning that many games, yeah. undefeated, that's the amazing. last men's NCAA team to go the entire season regular season and postseason undefeated was like in the 70s and they didn't play that many games Indiana or something back yeah yeah back in like 72 or 74 or something when it was yeah a lot less games a lot less hype a lot less everything like 16 people 16 teams showed up to the the (laughs) tournament right or something Mm -hmm. like that it was like it may have been 32 by then but it was definitely not 68 with play-ins and all that no and I don't think they had the conference tournaments or any of that kind of stuff either. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a bizarre thing to win forty. I mean, they're thirty-eight zero right now. It's amazing. That's it's amazing. And they've had their tests along the way. You know, they've had a couple <laughs> overtime games. Yeah. 
Uh, well, they've been pressed. I mean, they have, they have, these games have been not handed to them. They've got to work for them. That's what I think is definitely in their back pocket right now. The fact that, yes, they haven't lost, but. They've worked for they've, a number of them. They haven't just coasted the whole yeah. time either. I mean, they are talented as hell. And they're, I mean, they're huge. Their average, the average height of their starters is 6'9. Five mm-hmm. guys on the floor. 6'9 average. With, you know, they got a point guard who's like 6'5. Means they've got at least two guys who are above that. It's ridiculous. You know, they're 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 long, they're fast, they're I'll never forget when I was a kid, you know, I'd watch you know, we'd watch basketball games on T V all the time and stuff like that, you know, and we were Laker fans and stuff at the time and uh watched all the games and everything and this so my dad took us to a Laker game and I remember you know saying so and so's just a short guy, right? And then we get to the game and He's a giant. I mean, he's short compared to the rest of the guys mm-hmm. on the court. He's way taller than anybody I know. <laughs> you know, it looks like a little tiny guy on, on TV on a basketball court. He's still 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's one of those sports, man. It's amazing. Well, this year's T-Bone's Timeout March Madness Swoops World Shenanigan has almost come to its conclusion. We will see who shakes out as the winner this year. It'll be a new winner one way or another this year. They'll win some Swoops World swag. Swoops World swag coming in hot. When's the, when's the, the final game? Sunday? Uh, Sunday? Sunday, I think. Maybe Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the, the, the final game is always a, during the week. It's like a Monday or Tuesday. So the, the championship will be on Monday then, I'm assuming. Because oh, I guess that was my cue to look it up. Huh? <laughs> Use that machine that you have. You were the, the only one with the internet. The only one with a functional <laughs> communication device that patches into the outside world. If I had a sonic screwdriver, I'd figure something out. I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who lately. That, that show is so weird. It's very weird. And there's like been like 27 different Doctor Who's. Yeah, I'm watching the... Uh, the mid two thousands one that's on the Netflix right now. It's cheesy, bad computer generated mm-hmm. graphics. Well, but that part good. almost makes it more enjoyable because it's like they can't just rely on it. Wednesday, yeah. April. Like, uh, right, no, Wednesday. Wednesday. No, 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 no. Scratch that. Scratch that. Scratch that. Scratch that. That's something else. <laughs> what do you got going in there, man? No, no. Wrong tab. It said there's no games on Wednesday, April first. Uh, tournament schedule and key dates. Here we go. Key dates. Here we go. We're going to figure out the key go, dates go, for the go. 2015 uh, NCAA Men's Final Four. You heard it first here on Seuss World? Uh, Absolutely first. first. <laughs> you heard it before this. First again. You heard it before now. You were cheating something. Championship game is at Lucas Oil Stadium on April 6th. The hell is that? April 6th That's Monday. Is the Monday, right? Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. That sounds like a... Lucas Oil Stadium sounds like it should have monster trucks. It should have monster trucks, right? Exactly. Championship game between the winner of Kentucky, Wisconsin, and the winner of Duke, Michigan State. Time will tell. And if you uh, have traveled into the future and you've got a sports almanac... Go make a lot of money, Biff. <laughs> Baseball is almost here. Been very, very good. Peter, we going there next week. Tuesday. 
Tuesday. Uh, nice. I had I had one of my coworkers call off today. I think she was. Did the Dodgers and the Angels start their pre their the preseason training preseason no, series I yet? That's, I think that's tomorrow. That start tomorrow? No, they've already started. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They usually Is do it? it like. I think it's tomorrow. We were talking I could be about it over the weekend. I don't know. But there may be a gap in that. Because it used to be they did four straight days. Uh, but that, you know how it is. Now, we've got to travel. we got to have a travel day because we got to go, right. Got to so go from could be. Los Angeles to yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's a, that's, so a, that could that's a day's travel. But I thought for sure it was <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, but I then, you know what? I don't look up Maybe they don't play that. on Sunday. So that could be. Our Easter's. Yeah, oh, right. Because yeah, normally they play like the day but before. This year, but Sunday is the opener for. So that's probably you're probably right. Today was probably the first day of the. Uh, yeah. Shenanigans. Which is a bar in uh, Shoreline Village, I believe. It is now, yes. And they don't surprisingly they don't have a lot of goofy shit hanging on the walls. Um, I don't know if you've seen Super Troopers. <laughs> But you should watch that movie <laughs> frequently. <laughs> and I just found out that they're making a sequel. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so. There's also a new coach coming back to TV, so there you have it. Does it have Craig T. Nelson? Yes, he will be playing the father of the current coach. His son, his son will be taking over what he used the the, the school he used to coach. At. But he didn't he didn't have a son in the original show. It's been a number of years. He had a man. daughter. It's been a number of years, man. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Maybe it's a son of law. Plot continuity. Who knows? Or maybe you know he found his bastard child and took him on. And it's entirely possible. See if I if I were writing that show, did you watch Coach? I did watch Coach. I would make Dobber I like, the new Coach. I like the, uh, I like the uh, not Dick, but uh, what was his brother's name? The, the other Van Dyke. Jerry. Jerry, Jerry Van Dyke. I like Jerry Van Dyke's uh, yeah. Yeah, character. Man. Yeah, he was funny. Yes. <laughs> a, little, a little eccentric. A little? A little? <laughs> oh, you're uh, so kind. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, for the sake of the show, I would make Dobber the new Dobber? Coach. Yes, Dobber. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, you know, there's no, there's not an original idea left anywhere in the whole damn business anymore. It's all reboots and mm-hmm. all this kind of nonsense. You done said it. But that's why I like sports because even if you can compare it to something that's happened in the past, you didn't just like copy it word for word. I mean, it just happened to play out the same way, but it was still spontaneous and real. Not all right. So I had, I had this broad from Charter call me. Uh, to try to, because I have internet from the cable company, right. Right? and I don't subscribe to television. She's trying. She called and, you know, I want to see if I can get you a deal on this and that and the other. And I'm like, all right, let me just. Let like, you. I, got I just put it on speaker. And I let her do her <laughs> spiel. And at the end of it, she asked me if I wanted TV and phone, and I said, honestly, I don't. I'm happy with my cell phone service, and I don't. Want to get a landline because I don't want uh, more calls like this. <laughs> she got the point. She got the hint at that point. But, but she said, well, what do you watch her for entertainment? I said, I watch live sports. She said, well, we can get you that. I said, well, I, I can give you that too. I watch old crap on Netflix because I'm not. That stuff will be there forever. Yes, and, indeed. Sports, it's it here. Once, yeah, and it'll probably be good yeah. for a couple goes. Yeah, but yeah. sports, you know, it's here. It's part of the zeitgeist. You watch it, you talk about it, you flush it, you move on to the next. Move on to the next one, and I'm okay it. with that. 
I'm not going to get all into every new TV show that comes out. You know, I don't care what's happening on Glee. I don't care what's happening. Good, because then you lose your spot here on the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might slam my head in a car. <laughs> yeah, sports sports are they're a beautiful thing just yes, for that indeed. purpose because uh, it's got to just play out. Yeah, we'll come in and we'll talk about it. We'll argue about something. That's a bad call. It's a great call. And the next, the following week, we don't even give a shit about it because yeah. we moved on to the next. Because <laughs> you roll the dice again. Yeah, exactly. And you shuffle the cards and redeal. I mean, the the ultimate reboot. Woo-hoo. So Hollywood can suck it. As much as Roger Goodell and whoever the new baseball commissioner is and whoever the new basketball commissioner is might be dirtbags. Just don't tinker too much with it. We like sports the way they are. I just want to say one quick thing, man. You know, everybody was all excited when, when uh, McCourt, you know, got, they took, you know, lost to Dodgers. That son of a bitch is still doing pretty damn well, man. He owns, he still owns the marathon. He still owns you know, a bazillion dollars worth of parking lots. I mean, he still does. He still own the Dodgers parking lot. He still owns I don't one so. of the. The, the, the apparently nearby, so there's a Dodger Stadium and the lot that's around it. Yeah. But they, over the years, they purchased some of the areas around it. Yeah. And he does still own yeah. some of. He has some percentage. I don't know what it is of that. Yes. Let me just say the guy. You say what you want about him, but as far as being a businessman, and and his and, and the ex uh, the ex she tried to. Hit him Get up her ninety nine million dollars, yeah, and then the court told her to go. Pissed that she only got two twenty, yeah, two hundred twenty million pounds <laughs> in, <laughs> and she was trying to claim yeah, another eight hundred. She wanted what ninety nine million dollars a year, yeah. something ridiculous like that. And he, and he said, "I got ninety nine problems, and that bitch ain't one." Uh, you know, the thing is, is he as bad as he is, as bad as he was, as I mean, especially for Peter, who's a huge Dodger fan, as <laughs> bad as he was for the Dodger organization. He ain't really lost nothing, man. He 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 sold it for what he sold. He he made a profit when he sold it, and he's still raking in the cash. I mean, he's no Donald Sterling. (laughs) What did he spend? Two hundred fifty grand on the Clippers. Yeah, (laughs) sold for two billion. Yeah, but he's still dealing with his uh, crazy ass wife. That's that's no problem. Pulling the the puppet strings there. Well, one of them is going to pull the plug on the other one of these days. Yeah. yeah. Neither of them look like they're in the best of... I don't know. All I can think think about is Georgia Frontier. (laughs) Old Carl. What happened to Carl? (laughs) This is where Shelly Sterling screwed up, honestly. She could have let V. Stiviano come in, and then she could have just snuffed her somehow. I mean, just just kill a couple of people. (laughs) You can always fix things. That's what Tony Soprano used to do. <laughs> <laughs> she needed to watch Goodfellas, man. <laughs> oh, Get your own Joe Pesci to come run around for you. You know, I had the I had the privilege of catching about twelve minutes of the Warriors Clippers game last night, uh-huh. and it was a good game. It was a good game, yeah. and I happened to tune in just in time to see Steph Curry. He's a beast. He is, and he made Chris Paul. Oh, I saw that. Look, and, and and you know, and Chris Paul's a good ball player. He is, and he actually plays the whole game. He actually mm-hmm. plays defense. But Chris Paul just got crossed up the wrong way, and ended up on his can. For yeah, a I saw that. I was like, I oh man, you just crossed Chris Paul and broke his 
ankles. <laughs> and that's that's the Warriors are legit, man. They are Oh, they're as Holy as, uh, as uh, shit. Uh, who said it? <laughs> they're too legit to quit. They are. <laughs> hey, hey, he was from the Bay, huh? So he was habitat. Yeah, he he was uh, <laughs> Oakland. He was a bat boy for yeah, the A's for, for, uh, for a hot minute back he, in his he, youth. He loved uh, the master of ceremonies, Hammer. He's on the A's. Uh, he loved him, man. Charlie Finley. Yes. Not Charlie. Speak, Finley. No, no, Charlie, not Finley. Charlie O. Something. Yeah, but uh, crazy speak, old man. Speaking of Chris Paul, I happened to watch uh, the uh, Comedy Central roast of uh, Justin Bieber. Which here's the thing is, man. If you hate Justin Bieber, you'll love this roast. If you like Justin Bieber, which you're 14, you shouldn't be watching that roast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Chris Paul was there, and Shaq was one of the roasters. And Shaq said, "He, uh, he first he first he, he first he thought a joke about uh, the, the lineup of the the dais. He goes, I haven't seen a lineup this bad since the last Laker game.' And then he says, he goes, but speaking of ballers, Chris Paul is here.'" And he said, hey, Chris, y'all suck. <laughs> he already offered to let him borrow one of his rings. Yeah, he goes, I got four rings. One. If you want one, you want to borrow one? I'll tell you what. The, 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 the jokes of that thing were so freaking hilarious. Uh, you know, some people were offended, but it's a freaking roast, man. You know, you gotta be offended. I think, uh, I've got the female comics name. She says, you know, your fans are called believers because it's politically incorrect to say retards. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's Snoop and they, they were, I mean, the, the, uh, Kevin Hart was the, the, the MC. It was hilarious. I think, uh. I think it was Jeffrey Ross says you have 2.9 or something million fans on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever. He said half. He goes half of them are 14 year olds in junior high school, and the other half can't step within 500 feet of a junior high school. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was just, makes it was, for an interesting it, concert. Oh, think, it was man. great. It was it was hilarious, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's you're, all right. You're, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> I aspire to one day have my hair in cornrows and uh, just be a professional roaster slash meth head. Oh, it was great. It was great. I think uh, Shaq says something like, uh, you know, he, he says, you caused $20,000 damage egg in your neighbor's house. He goes, could you imagine how much damage you could have caused if you could throw like a boy? <laughs> It was just nonstop. They, they hammered him. It was, it was, it was, it was great. That's a gutsy move for him to. You know what? He's trying to rehabilitate himself, and yeah, you know, he had this whole thing at the end where you know, I'm sorry, I messed up. I'm young. Yeah, you know, I was kind like, of antithetical to the whole idea he, of a roast. He, he kind of made. He, 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 roast he, is sort of an outgoing kind of thing, right? I mean, but it he, should be, but it's not anymore. But oh, they say it was the third. It was the third most watched roast on Comedy Central. The number one watch rose. Family Anderson? No. Winning! Oh. <laughs> Charlie Sheen after his meltdown. So that's where people go to rehabilitate themselves now. Uh, you know, he had this whole speech about, I got famous when I was 12 years old, and I was a kid, and I made a lot of mistakes, and I'm going to rebuild, and I'm going to be better. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I, give, I give him props for sitting, you know, volunteering for that. I mean, he actually, Jeff Ross, said, I saw him get an interview. He said he came to us. He wanted to be roasted. So I, I, he's got some, you know, he's got some people behind him going, here's what you need to do to get yourself back in the limelight, whatever. But the, ro- the, the roasters are hilarious. They were, they were, pretty, uh, Kevin Hart was 
the funniest guy. And Snoop Dogg. They were all great. Martha Stewart was one of them. She was hilarious because uh, apparently, I guess she. Uh, How low have you fallen? She, she, if Martha she, Stewart can roast she, she on you, funny. man. She, she, <laughs> you fall funny. low. Even she was funny. They were all funny because, you know, none of the roasters, I guess the comedians, but none of the other roasters write their own joke. But uh, Hannibal Burris was there. Hannibal Burris is a, uh, is a comedian who's the first guy who fronted out Bill Cosby. And uh, I think Kevin Hart says, Halbert Burns is here. He says, he's the only Cosby accuser that's actually making money off her. <laughs> uh, it was funny. It was, a good, it was a good roast. It was a good roast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you get a shot to check it out, check it out. It was, it was worth The thing is, is don't watch it. Record it. Because for, for some reason, Comedy Central plays about eight commercials in between. And I had, I had DVR'd it, so... Oh man! Not sports related, but yeah. it's okay. Hey, mm-hmm. you know Shaq, Chris Paul. Yeah, there you go. Sports, Justin Bieber, sports adjacent. He's an aspiring boxer. Uh, yeah, yeah, posse guy. He's a posse guy. Yeah. He's a posse guy. For what do you think about that fight coming up? I, who you got on that man? I want to have Manny, but I'm going. With, I, I got. I got money, I, man. Money. I think. I think Mayweather's going to. Come out with the win. It's not. There's clearly not going to be a knockout. I, I, I you know, the thing about, the thing about uh, Mayweather. I know Manny Pacquiao's. He's a he's a good fighter and stuff like that. I've seen him fight some great fights. Think about Mayweather, man. I, I, every time I watch that guy fight, it's just like he comes to win, man. It's just like he yeah. just comes to freaking win. He doesn't come to play games. He doesn't come to. I'm going to rope a dope I'm not taking away from the rope a It worked like a charm. But he just seems like he just comes to win. I don't really see him. I yeah. I, I think that the problem with him, from the standpoint of boxing's place in the current sports pantheon, is that he's not a showman at all. I mean, in terms of the actual fight. No, he's an everything. Instagram, he's an Instagram. He, he's a promoter. No, he promotes the shit. Out but of but when it comes, to, he, he would never rope a dope because. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not a sound strategy, and he's he's good, but he's not going to chance that because he's as confident as he is in his bank account. He's you can see from the fights he chooses that he's not that confident in I think, his ability. You know, I mean, he retired. He retired, and then he came back. Yeah, and, and I, I saw an interview today with uh, somebody who wrote a book on him, who used to work. She worked for him for twelve years, and she, and her thing was, she said, be prior to retiring. He was all about a, being a boxer. After retiring and coming after after he retired and came back, he was a businessman. I mean, he was strictly a businessman. And so you're you're right. I think he's taken he's taken fights that paid a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, but not necessarily all, always that risky. Although that last fight he had was he, he fought. He had to fight. I, I don't think he takes. He doesn't take guys who are going to take a dive. I mean, he's not taking Palooka. No, he's not, not Butterbean. Yeah, you know, yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> what but, you got to do? You got to do Palooka. You got to take it. <laughs> but he he came up with excuses to dodge this fight in particular for several years. But Manny Manny dodged one dodged one time. Well, oh, they 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 both they, did they always are, they, they 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 had agreed they agreed to the uh, the testing and everything, and then Manny changed. Changed on that, and, and I can see why uh, I can see why uh, 
the Mayweather goes, screw you. We already we already have an agreement. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think as we said, they're in a situation now that this is their last big shot. They're both long in the tooth, man. And they're both gonna shit money out of this whole deal. Oh, I mean, because the pay per view is gonna be a hundred bucks for homes, and it's gonna be probably. Anywhere from two to four thousand dollars for bars to show this. You know. hmm. And then I, th- I think I read somewhere where I think Mayweather is the highest paid athlete of, of all time. He's it? going to come out with somewhere in the hundred and twenty million dollar range off of this fight. Yeah, I think for the last. And Manny's going to come out with somewhere in the hundred million dollars. The last so, so many years, I mean, Mayweather just, is uh, for. The, for the, for, for the amount, squeezing for the, every last for the amount of time he spends on his sport, is uh, makes more money than any other athlete. Does that average his uh, his income he made at like nineteen cents an hour while he was in prison for that month? <laughs> that factor in? It probably I guess does. It's, it's all just net positive. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I, I hope it's a good fight because I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch uh, it, but. I I don't know what to expect, honestly. It, it does take a little a little away from a street cred when Bieber's in his posse. Though. It does. That, <laughs> that right there is the biggest affront to his image. Is the fact that you've got this this little Canadian poser punk hopping down the stairs with you, like sticking his hands up in the air, like yeah. It's like no, dude, you're. You you've sing done, songs. You've done nothing. You will yeah. do nothing. You are uh, nothing. And that was a baby. He's worth twenty million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is right now. Ten years from now, he'll be worth zero. I can tell you definitively that Justin Bieber, when he reaches my age, will have as much money as I have. We can Possibly less. We can only hope. He'll probably owe a whole bunch of loan sharks. He'll probably be worth less. In fact, I just saw that Mike Tyson's one of Mike Tyson's old I saw that badass mansions is just currently sitting in. It's a disarray. Utter disrepair. Just. But he had multiple mansions. So yeah. <laughs> he could afford to let Mansions are like relationships with your bitches on the side. Yes. I mean, if, if it goes bad, you just pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't know anything about that one. I got one. Yeah, already. Yeah, what you talking about? Except about Willis. So, the world of sports. Entertaining as always. There you have it. Another edition of T-Bones. Shana. Next week on Swoops Road, in studio, Gregory, Sa- Gregory Dane Sabin, uh, a local artist who uh, just did 10 paintings of a local... Uh, uh, Influential people here in the city of Long Beach. He's also the husband of a, a past guest, uh, Terry Henry, who uh, has been here for Eat LBC. And Terry Henry, uh, what does she call it? Promotion. So uh, we look forward to talking to him. Of course, AD will be with us next week. We want to thank Cayman Thomas for joining us tonight, yeah. as well as Anthony Davis. And uh, any last words of wisdom, fellas? Negatory. Dream as if you live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. The views and opinions Peace. expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.